welcome to the Movie Planet. Joining me is the Cree to my Skrulls, Sam. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It is great to have you on here. You are actually saving the world, Captain Marvel style. If, just so everybody knows, we recorded the show once before, and your glorious producer here accidentally deleted the entire thing. Oh, it's okay. So we have to do it all over. And thankfully, you you were able to come on board and, and save us. We will not hear Steve this week. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed I don't get to argue with him, but that's okay. We'll do it in person. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll have plenty of moments to call him out on his thinking movies. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, this week, we are tackling the first movie in the Captain Marvel series and the 21st in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. Now, this was your second movie, wasn't it, Sam? Yes. Okay. Uh, so you saw it in chronological order. So you're probably going to have a different well, take on this, right? I mean, I've seen like I, I've seen them in the theater, but I was like a little half-hearted. So yeah, I did it <laughs> in order. And I would honestly, I would highly recommend to people to watch them in chronological order. It was a totally different experience. I mean, I've seen them, but I was like, uh, okay, whatever. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It's the thing. You just go see them. And then I watched them again in chronological order, and it was mm -hmm. so different. I really appreciated it. Well, that, there you go. You know, it's like Star Wars. It's always, everybody's got their own order to doing this. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, on this show, we'll be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Pantheon, and the comic book Movie Planet Preserve is composed of seven and only seven films. In order to be inducted, it's got to be reviewed by us. They are Deadpool, number one, with an A at 12.000, perfect score. Avengers Infinity War, an A, perfect score. Iron Man, an A, perfect score. Dark Knight, A, perfect score. And then we get to the shit. Um, Batman... <laughs> Batman, <laughs> Batman Begins with an A minus, uh, an 11 out of 12. We got Black Panther with a B plus and Doctor Strange, my boy, Doctor Strange with a B plus. And we can blame Steve for the low grade on that one. <laughs> Even though B plus is still well above average. <laughs> now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it down on its butt from the preserve in the future. So we will discuss the movie. And in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen 2019's Mar Captain Marvel, then you missed out because a billion dollars means that you just were like hands-folded like, I'm not going to go see that movie. <laughs> it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've finished that business, let's get down to business! This week... We are discussing 2019's Captain Marvel, a movie made for approximately $160 million that brought in $1.12 billion worldwide. That is some cheddar. Uh -oh. How many times did you see it in the theater? Uh, I can't remember if I saw it twice or three times. Okay. Yeah, I saw it once in the theater, and I was like, okay, I've seen it. Bring on Endgame. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Written by Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck, and Geneva Robertson Dwarrett. Produced by the great and powerful Kevin Feige. And directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck with music by Pinar Toprak. Are you familiar with Pinar's work? Um, I mean, what other, you would have to like tell me what other movies in them, maybe. I don't know any others. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> Starring Brie Larson as Carol Danvers or Veers or Captain Marvel. You got Samuel L. Jackson as a impotent Nick Fury. We have Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Jimon Hunso as Korath, who we first saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, but this movie is before then. 
get Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser. And if you don't remember who he was, that's okay. No one else does either. Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambeau. Gemma Chan as Minerva. Annette Benning, your favorite, as Supreme Intelligence, Marvell, or Dr. Wendy Lawson. You got Clark Gred as a young Phil Coulson. Jude Law as the Will Battle Jan Rog. And Akira Akbar, it's a trap, as Monica Rambeau. And little McKenna Grace as a young Carol Danvers. I love McKenna Grace. Wait, wait a second. What about Little Rambo? Oh, Marie. Okay, you did. Lashana Lynch. She's, she, I loved her too. But yeah. I mean, McKenna Grace had a pretty small part. In fact, McKenna Grace is in one of my favorite female empowerment movies. Oh, what is that? Troop Zero. Oh, yes. Troop I Zero is it. one of the best female empowerment female movies you will ever see. Hmm. Uh, and Stan Lee. As I himself. need to rewatch. And Stanley is himself on a bus reading a script from All Rats, where he will appear. And at the very end of the movie, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Mark Ruffalo, Don Cheadle, Steve Rogers, Natana Romanoff, Natana, Natasha Romanoff, Bruce Banner, and James Rhodes in the post-credits tease to Avengers Endgame that never makes it into the film. Anything stand out <laughs> to you in this cast you want to talk about? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, you know how I feel about Annette Bening in this. And oh, yes. Then- I just have to I have to comment. I'm 33. And so there was a period of time where Jude Law, maybe I was in high school, was really popular, mm-hmm. kind of like a leading leading man. And I remember one of my friends had such a crush on him. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't really see it. And then <laughs> to see him in this and really not looking attractive to me. I don't know. I don't think it's. I don't, it was just, I was like, yeah, you're the villain. Sorry. I, you <laughs> it know what's funny? It doesn't matter if you weren't the villain. You're the villain in this for me. <laughs> Watching it this time, I, 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 you know, I talked to you about it and I was like, you know what? Let, let me just see from my unbiased point of view. And I was like, you know what? I hope I have aged that well. He, 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 you know, I hear he's a dog, but I, he's a good-looking guy to me. I'm like, <laughs> I just—I I mean, I guess I just remember him being better looking. I don't well, it's know. Funny. He's it's just see, he's, he's always had a receding hairline. <laughs> Listen, it's Hollywood. Pull it together, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're big on hair, so I wanted to bring that up. Oh, that's I. You know what? That's really wrong of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should I should be like that, but I don't know. I just remember him so much more leading man and better looking, and oh, what a heartthrob, whatever. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Look what happened. And <laughs> <laughs> isn't that treated you well? Well, let's get into the making of this movie. Here we go. Don't get on the set. Get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. By May of 2013, a script for a Miss Marvel film, the moniker used by the character Carol Danvers before she took the mantle of Captain Marvel, had been written for Marvel Studios through its writing program. Later that year, executive producer Louis Desposito said that the studio was interested in a female-driven superhero film and had plenty of strong female characters from which to choose, suggesting Captain Marvel, Black Widow, Pepper Potts, or Peggy Carter as possible candidates. Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios, said that if Marvel was to make a female-led film, he would prefer it to be a new character to the Marvel Cinematic Universe like Captain Marvel, for whom an origin story could be told. 
In October of 2014, Kevin Feige announced that Captain Marvel would be released on July 6, 2018, as part of their Phase 3 slate of films. It would be the studio's first female-led film. He said Captain Marvel would be based on the Carol Danvers version of the character, and that the film had been in development at the studio almost as long as other films, like Guardians of the Galaxy or Doctor Strange, with one of the main issues being, quote, figuring out what we wanted to do with her. Her adventures are very earthbound, but her powers are based in the cosmic realm, end quote. Kevin Feige said that a writer and director would be announced quite soon, and female filmmakers were being considered, though he could not promise that Marvel would hire from any one demographic. In February of 2015, Marvel decided to push the release date back to November 2nd of 2018. In early April of 2015, Kevin Feige revealed that Captain Marvel had been included in an early draft of the Avengers Age of Ultron screenplay, but was removed as, quote, it didn't feel like the time. We didn't want to introduce her fully formed flying in a costume before you knew who she was or how she came to be, end quote. He also said that Marvel would announce writers for the film in a week or two, and by mid-April, Guardians of the Galaxy co-screenwriter Nicole Perlman and Inside Out co-screenwriter Meg LaFave were announced to be writing the screenplay. The duo were put together as a writing team after impressing Feige with separate takes on the character and began work on the film within a month. LaFave found the character being a female superhero to be both wonderful and a challenge, particularly because of how powerful the character is, which could lead to the, the quote, Superman curse of being perceived to be invulnerable. By May, Marvel had discussions with Ava DuVernay about directing Captain Marvel or Black Panther, which Feige confirmed a month later, saying that he had met with DuVernay amongst a number of other directors and expected a decision to be made by mid to late 2015. However, that September, Feige said that the casting process would not begin until 2016, as, quote, we're scripting the film, figuring out who we want Carol Danvers to be, and really what the structure of the movie will be, and what her part will be in some of our other Phase 3 films, end quote. Producer Jeremy Latcham elaborated that, quote, getting the character right first is going to lead the charge. We want to make sure we know who it is before we can start figuring out who should play it. In October of 2015, Marvel again changed the release date, moving it back to March 8th of 2019. Feige stated in April of 2016 that a director would be announced in the month, of two, in the month or two and that the first cast members would be announced in mid-2016. He also mentioned that the film would be about Carol Danvers becoming Captain Marvel. The next month, Indie filmmaker Emily Carmichael's name surfaced as a possible contender to direct the film, and by June, Brie Larson emerged as the frontrunner to play Captain Marvel. Larson's casting was confirmed at the San Diego Comic-Con of 2016, for which she was set to earn $5 million. Larson was initially hesitant to accept the role, but, quote, couldn't deny the fact that this movie is everything I care about, everything that's progressive and important and meaningful, and a symbol I wished I would have had growing up, end quote. She was, all, she was able to bring deep emotions she had used in more dramatic roles for the part, which she felt helped set Captain Marvel apart from other superhero films. Also at Comic-Con, Feige said the search for a director had been narrowed down to a short list of 10 and was hoping to be able to announce the choice by the end of the summer. Perlman revealed in August that the character's origin story had been changed for the film due to similarities with the DC Comics character Green Lantern 
with Feige feeling that the new version was very cool and a unique way of telling her story, centered on Danvers finding her limitations and vulnerabilities. He added that Danvers is by far the most powerful character in the MCU and would be a very important character in the universe. Producer Nate Moore later said that the film would avoid the traditional structure of many MCU stories, quote, which is you meet the character, they have a problem, they get powers at the end of the first act, in the end of the second act, they learn about the powers, third act, they fi probably fight a villain who has a function of the same powers, end quote. Instead, Danvers starts the film having already gained her powers. In October of 2016, Feige admitted that the announcement for a director was taking longer than he previously expected and explained that the studio was now waiting for a little more of the story to be set so they could talk to potential directors about it. Once again, talking about hiring a female filmmaker to direct the film, Feige said that he did not think it would be a requirement, quote, to make a great version of Captain Marvel, but it's something we think is important, end quote even if that female filmmaker does not know a lot about the comics, as they just have to fall in love with it once they are presented with it. It's amazing to see all the filmmakers read through the source material and know, oh, a female's writing it now, end quote. Speaking in particular to Kelly Sue DeConnick's run in the comics, Feige expected a director to be announced by the end of 2016. However, Perlman and LaFave turned in a script treatment around December, pushing additional meetings with director candidates into early 2017. In February of 2017, Perlman stated that despite her and LaFave being hired almost a year previously, the duo had only recently gotten their marching orders for the script, stating one of the reasons for the delay was figuring out where the film would fit within the MCU. Perlman also discussed the character's femininity, feeling that it was important to make sure she is not, quote, somebody who is a hero in spite of her femininity. Being a woman is part of her strength, end quote. The writers were also considerate of tropes that could be diminishing to a female character, but not for male characters. Quote, things you wouldn't think twice about for Iron Man, but you would think twice about for Captain Marvel, end quote. Marvel hired Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck to direct Captain Marvel in April of 2017, after the duo impressed the studio time and time again over numerous meetings with their vision for the character and because of their experience working in both television and film. Feige said that he and Marvel were particularly impressed with Bowden and Fleck's ability to create character-driven stories in all of their works adding the stories they've told have been so diverse, but regardless of the subject matter, they can dive into it and hone in on that character's journey. Ultimately, Feige felt the film, quote, needs to be about the three-dimensional, multi-layered Carol Danvers character. You have to be able to track her and follow her and relate to her at all points of the movie, regardless of how many visual effects and spaceships and bad guys are filling the frame, end quote. Now, filming was scheduled to begin in January of 2018 at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayette County, Georgia, but Feige said he did not expect it to begin until February. In July of 2017, Samuel L. Jackson was set to appear in the film, reprising his role as Nicholas Fury. Larson, who worked with Jackson on Kong Skull Island, pushed for Fury's presence in the film. At the 2017 San Diego Comic-Con, Kevin Feige revealed that the film would take place in the 1990s and that the Skrulls would be the film's villains, allowing elements from the Kree-Skrull War comic book storyline to be used. By setting the film in the 1990s, Feige noted that Danvers would be the singular hero while still giving her a definitive placing in the MCU timeline. 
The film would also be able to make connections to plot details to past films in the MCU set later in the timeline. By setting the film in the 1990s, Marvel felt it would create the question of, quote, what happened to Captain Marvel to take her off the playing field ahead of the Marvel movies that we've seen to date? End quote. And noted Danvers' story might echo the Captain America narrative where a hero from the past disappears from the world before re-emerging. Geneva Robertson Duaret was hired by mid-August to take over the scripting duties for Captain Marvel after LaFave left the project to co-direct Gigantic for Disney Animation. Perlman also left the project, but stated that the stories she and LaFave had worked on in earlier drafts would be retained in the final screenplay. Robertson Duaret described the film as an action comedy and likened her script to an initial one she wrote for Tomb Raider before that film took a more dramatic tone. She added that it was important to the entire creative team to keep the comedic elements of the film and the very funny voice of the character, since Danvers, quote, is one of the funniest comic book characters. She's so sassy, she's such a smartass, she won't take shit from anyone, end quote. Robertson Duaret also credited Bowden for helping to shape Danvers' voice in the film and the desire to, quote, carve our own path and make sure we weren't retreading the same territory after the release of Wonder Woman and showing all facets of what women are capable of, end quote. By October, filming was slated to begin in March of 2018. Feige said the film would be a big part in setting up Avengers Endgame, which was scheduled for release after Captain Marvel. Ben Mendelsohn entered negotiations to join the film as the main villain, having previously worked with Bowden and Fleck on their film, Mississippi Grind. They had him in mind for the Captain Marvel villain when they first began working on this film's story, and once they had met with him about the role, Mendelsohn quickly agreed to pursue it. By November, Jude Law was in negotiations to join the film, which at the time was reported to be the role of Walter Lawson, or Marvell. In January of 2018, DeWanda Wise was cast as Maria Rambeau, and Mendelssohn and Law were confirmed to have been cast. In February of 2018, Gemma Chan joined the cast as Minerva. In mid-March, Wise withdrew from the film due to a scheduling conflict with her television series, She's Gotta Have It. Lashana Lynch entered into negotiations to replace Wise the next day and was confirmed for the role by the end of the month. At that time, Jimon Hunso, Lee Pace, and Clark Gregg were set to reprise their respective roles of Korath, Ronan the Accuser, and Phil Coulson from earlier MCU films, as those characters were all killed in their previous appearances. Richard Newby of The Hollywood Reporter described the film as a unique opportunity to, quote, strengthen the presence of the characters who may not have lived up to their potential, end quote, and to allow their characters a chance to bring more to their roles. Algenis Perez Soto, Rune Tempty, and McKenna Grace were also announced as cast, with Marvel adding that Bowden and Fleck, as well as the writing team of Liz Flahave and Carly Mensch, had worked on the screenplay, in addition to LaFave, Perlman, and Robertson Duarette. Beck Smith, who previously worked in Marvel's screenwriter program, performed uncredited production rewrites. In late April, Feige stated that filming was a little less than halfway completed. The following month, Annette Benning joined the cast in an undisclosed role. And because Larson is allergic to cats, her scenes with Goose her, were filmed using either a CGI cat or a realistic puppet. And filming concluded on July 6th. All right, Sam, do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? What did you think? You know, it's funny because I saw it for the first time with my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
remember much of that. It was a really nice <laughs> theater in Tampa, though. Like, they had the big leather seats everywhere and, like, nice food and, I think, wine and stuff and whatever. But that's pretty much what I remember about that. But I remember more so the second time I saw it with my husband because he didn't go the first time and I was probably driving him crazy because (laughs) I was like looking at him for reactions because of course I already knew what was gonna happen (laughs) I'm just like looking at him on the parts I really like to see if he like changes his expression and then like whispering things like oh my gosh do you look like oh you know and then yeah so I I more so probably remember ruining it for my husband the second time I saw this in the theater I was excited because I knew I knew what a hero this powerful would mean to the battle with Thanos. And my introduction to Captain Marvel, as ridiculous as it sounds, came from the Lego video games. Huh. Because you played the Lego video games and you could unlock little characters. And one of them was Captain Marvel. And I was like, okay, who's this little female Captain America? Because that's how she looks. And then You threw that right in there. Who's it, the female Captain America? Well, I didn't know at the time, but that you look at the costume and you're like, it's very Cap. And so I'm like, all right. Um, so then I'm playing it, and all of a sudden she's flying and shooting photons from her arms. And I was like, she's Superman. Awesome. I love this. I'm in love. <laughs> so when they said that they were going to do a Captain Marvel in the MCU, my first thought was, I cannot wait to see this on the screen. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and when I left the movie, I was like, that was, that was a filler episode. Well, it spent two hours preaching to me and I hate being preached to. I wasn't happy. I called up Steve immediately afterwards and I ranted for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, I know. Hmm. I know. It, it's, um, it's those limited chromosomes of mine, right? <laughs> well, save all my criticism of that for later. <laughs> well, it's time to start walking through this movie with a synopsis courtesy of the Marvel Wiki page, IMDb and Wikipedia. Cue the clip. Where's Pegasus? That's classified. Not unlike the file I started on you. But I see you've changed it up a bit since then. Grunge is a good look for you. Did you have a rough day, Agent Fury? It was cool. You know, had a space invasion, big car chase, got to watch an alien autopsy. Typical nine to five. So you saw one. I was never one to believe in aliens, but I can't unsee that. This is going to get a little awkward, but I got to ask. You think I'm one of those green things. Can't be too careful. You are looking at 100% red-blooded Earth man. I'm afraid I'm going to need proof. We talking cheek swab or urine sample? No. The DNA would match. Oh, my AOL password? Scrolls can only sim recent memories of their host bodies. Oh, oh, oh. you want to get personal. Where were you born? Huntsville, Alabama, but technically I don't remember that part. Name your first pet. Mr. Snoofers. Mr. Snoofers. That's what I said. Did I pass? Not yet. First job? Soldier. Straight out of high school. Left the ranks of full bird colonel. Then? Spy. Where? It was the Cold War. We were everywhere. Uh, Belfast, Bucharest, Belgrade, Budapest. I like the bees. I can make them ride. Now? Been riding the desk for the past six years, trying to figure out where our future enemies are coming from. Never occurred to me they would be coming from above. Name a detail so bizarre a scroll could never fabricate it. A toast is cut diagonally, I can't eat it. You didn't need that, did you? No, no I didn't, but I enjoyed it. Okay, your turn. Prove you're not a scroll. And how is that supposed to prove to me you're not a scroll? That's a photon blast. And? 
A scroll can't do that. So a full bird colonel turned spy turned shield agent must have pretty high security clearance. Where's Pegasus? Before this movie starts, we get the Marvel logo, but instead of the heroes, it's all of the Stan Lee cameos. Stan Lee has passed away in between the previous movie and this one. It fades away and the words, thank you, Stan, arrive on the screen. I thought this was a fantastic tribute within the framework of the usual production animation. And I remember people clapping when they saw this and it brought a little tear to my eye. Yeah, it's funny. I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember people doing that too. And I was like, okay, sweet. Yeah, and this was this was kind of like I'm a little more dead inside. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, I was cold as hell, Jesus. <laughs> In 1995, in the height of the war, Veers resides on Hala. She has constant nightmares that haunt her, mainly consisting of an aircraft crash on a foreign peninsula and watching a woman being murdered in front of her by an unknown Skrull assailant. She also remembers this as her earliest memory of when she gained her powers that allow her to shoot photon blasts out of her fists. Now, at this point in the movie, your audience member doesn't know if this is a flashback or a premonition. So I like that, sort of. Yeah. So, I mean, people may think this makes me unqualified to be on this podcast, but I don't really care. You are qualified because you are a casual movie viewer. This is not oh. for the greatest. This is, we, we are not experts here. We are <laughs> average human beings with average opinions. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so I'm well qualified. Oh, so yes, you are. I, I don't, like, I haven't read the comics, and I'm not someone who could, like, tell you everything that's happened. Like, I couldn't tell you everything that's happened in the Marvel Universe ever. Although, now that I've watched them chronologically, I will say I could do much better than before. Probably. But I do like, as a casual viewer, how this starts. And right away, you see her bleeding blue. Mm -hmm. So you can at least start to make inferences. My first inference is she's an alien. Exactly. Something's up. (laughs) This is not normal. (laughs) Veers now trains with your boy, Jan Rog, aiming to become a member of Star Force. Jan Rog, her mentor and commander, warns her to control her abilities while the Supreme Intelligence, an organic artificial intelligence who acts as the ruler of the Kree, urges her to keep her emotions in check. Although Jan Rog believes she is ready, the Supreme Intelligence, the artificial intelligence that rules the Kree Empire, figures otherwise, but nonetheless allows Veers on the team, which consists of Minerva, Korath, Bronchar, and Atlas, uh, the the four that are written there, I I could name, I could pick out two of them in a lineup, but the other two, I, I wouldn't be able to name them. Yeah, I don't know. There was a guy, I think he was in, a uh, guy with the like gray beard, I think was in Gladiator, and uh, I don't know. Okay. It wasn't that important to me. We get Brie Larson, <laughs> we get some swagger out of Brie Larson. She's got that confidence. I like her as Captain Marvel yes. in this movie. I love her in general. I well, I mean, okay, yeah, Brie Larson's great, but just the the swagger of her character. Yeah, is yeah, it's the epitome. It's very confident. I mean, I know that like the most important thing to you is them photons blasters. I'll get but, to that um, later. <laughs> I don't know. The swagger is really what got me. Yeah, she's a warrior. We're supposed to be on the side of the Cree here, but the Cree they kind of work with the accusers. We know Ronan the accuser is one of them. He's a bad guy. So isn't that a giveaway that she's actually working on the wrong side right away? Yeah. So like now as you say that, I'm like, oh, well, now I kind of feel dumb. But as a casual viewer, Mm -hmm. it was just such a quick, minimal part of the movie that I kind of just missed. I mean, not saying I wasn't paying attention. I just didn't put two and two together. I was like, oh, okay, like they're talking to this guy, whatever, whatever. Well, also, (laughs) when you watch it in chronological order, you never meet Ronan until Guardians of the Galaxy anyway. True. So in that way, this surprise, if you will, isn't a surprise. It's just here's another character. Yeah, Yeah, true. Okay. I like the method. 
that Jan Rog and Supreme Intelligence are trying to train Veers with. Learn to fight without the powers so you become even more formidable. Do you have something to say about this, Sam? <laughs> I see an essay written. <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. I yield the stage to you. <laughs> okay, you know, I have very strong thoughts about this. Yes, I do. I, first of all, on, on a standpoint, I'm, I'm super curious why I feel like you... Um, I, I like wonder if deeply in your subconscious, you like relate to Jan Rog for some reason. I don't know, but we'll, you know what, one day we'll analyze that. So I feel very strongly about this. First off, as a woman, Mm -hmm. this is a big criticism that we think with our heart and not with our head. And it's a, you know, I mean, seriously, let's talk about any politics. I mean, we won't get into politics, but just how it's always like, oh, women are making such emotional decisions and blah, blah, blah. He literally says that to her on the the subway type thing on um, their planet. Like he literally says, think with your head and not your heart. And it's that's yeah, that's a big obnoxious thing. Is that a, then, is, is that a criticism to assume, for instance, that a gender can be stereotyped as being the more feeling gender? I think it's when it's said, it's meant as a criticism in the circumstances. Mm. Let's say like nuclear codes, you know, or you're in charge of your, what is it? The commander in chief or whatever. That's what people are all like, Oh, you can't have someone emotional do that. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, well, I think maybe... we can both agree. Trump's a little emotional. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I don't really, I, you know, we don't have to go there, but I'm just, but saying, I mean, you know. I, listen, we can all, we can all call a spade a spade at this point. <laughs> yes. I mean, I agree. I was trying, I was trying to keep your podcast about a movie, but no, no, no it's, I, it's still a movie because this is a political movie also. Yes. I strongly agree with that, but Let's also talk about the fact that he's gaslighting her. And this is where I think you and I greatly disagree about Jan Rog. Okay. Because I think he says to her, let go of the past. Doubt mm-hmm. makes you vulnerable. I mean, think about it. He just wants her to, like, to me, stop trying to figure it out, girl, because you'll realize I'm the bad guy. Oh, you're like, right. You're, and when you watch this a second time and you have all that information, you know, yes. yes. But the first time you watch it, you're like, this is a military th- installation. And this is how military trains. It's keep your emotions away from it because you, we, we have orders to follow here and we, we, we can't have yeah. that. And the military is big on that. Yes. I mean, and OK, so to try and defend my point, I tried to think like of, of people saying to stop being so emotional and whatnot. I tried because it just really strikes a chord with me. So right. I tried to think of what people might say, like angry, emotional men characters in the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. And I realize that it's like a overarching theme of controlling your emotions Yes. because we see Thor, he gets banished by his dad for pretty much not being level headed <laughs> and like controlling his own emotions. Yep. And we, you know, Iron Man, he comes to grips with the fact that they actually probably need some supervision con- yeah. with, with these powers, you know? So I see this is like a theme with Marvel, but I'm going to stand by my original point that there is a level of sexism to this, but spoiler alert, it works out. Okay. Well, so it's fun. okay. She, she gets to use her emotions. Well, okay. I will say this in response that, uh, at the time this movie came out, it was two years removed from wonder woman. I think it came out in 2017 and Captain Marvel came out in 2019. So immediately this movie started getting comparisons to Wonder yeah. Woman. And if you remember, when Wonder Woman came out, everybody said, oh my God, this is the, this is the, this is the icon we've been waiting for. And it was yeah. like, oh, 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 
I'm like, really? This is where you're going for that icon? Okay. Yeah. Hidden Figures was released yeah. the same year. I consider all three of those women a little bit better than Wonder Woman. But what are you going to do? You're going to call DC. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I think you were right in comparing you know, with Thor, Iron Man, even Hulk himself, his whole thing is suppressing his emotions. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, w- and he's the only one really up until Captain Marvel here who is allowed when they're, when battles ready, they're like, okay, just, just go crazy. Yeah. Just they go- tried to make it mad. But <laughs> my, my problem with this scene, and I think you would agree with it, is that if she's supposed to be a weapon for the Kree to use, why would you restrain her anyway? Yeah. I don't know. That's a writing problem. <laughs> There, yeah, we we got to talk about movie logic at some point in this. It's just there's so there's so much illogical things in this that you try. That's that's kind of a big one. I guess I didn't really. I don't know. Maybe I was too stuck on what I felt like was the sexism of it. But I feel like there are just things that you're supposed to overlook and enjoy the movie, even though it doesn't really make sense. But yeah. I can admit my favorite Marvel movie has too much movie logic. Where things don't make sense. I can admit that. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm being the bigger person right now. Okay. That's okay. Know thyself. One of my favorite movies is Weekend at Bernie's, okay? It's not a great movie. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. But whenever it's on TV, I'm like, I like the music. I like these two douchebags. There's a dead guy running around. This is fantastic. <laughs> you do you, Joe. You do you. <laughs> Jan Rog gives the Star Force a briefing to rescue a Kree operative named Solar. Jan Rog informs the team that Solar has been captured on the planet Torfa. Jan Rog instructs the team. This is a lot of this is a data dump, basically. Jan Rog instructs the team to perform yeah. an incursion on the planet so Veers and the rest of the Star Force land underwater and use their suits to reach the surface. Soon they realize that the Torfin natives are scrolls and that the mission was a <gasps> ambush. And my first thought was they clearly hired the same cinematographer as Solo a Star Wars story because I can't see shit. i literally had to, to rewatch this i literally had my tv on the brightest it goes and was still disappointed my first thought when i saw this was why wasn't this the opening scene yeah like, that would that would have been good like see her on mission i thought that'd be a really cool opening scene instead of you know having her flashback waking up and being like hey let's fight and just get to it <laughs> i think you would have missed the dynamic of her and Rog. Yeah. Well, I'll, and the I'll, fact that he's all like, "Oh, don't use your emotions. Don't get angry. Just fight me." Which is funny because she gets taken out because she used she or she doesn't get taken out because she used her emotions. It was an ambush, so her mistake yeah. doesn't come from what they called out as her weakness. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of worked out that the perfect person got. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, you're right. That would have been a good opening scene. I hmm. think so, Thanks also. Movies, but I also. But- <laughs> <laughs> but I also think from the beginning, you have to be as truthful as possible with explaining your character and showing your character so that the audience can buy in. But everything that we've heard about her from Jan Rog so far has been a lie. And we're starting to see the lie. And we're starting yes. to go, well, then who is she? Because I, I can't relate to this human being then. And that's yeah. the hard part is I want to relate to Captain Marvel. But everything I keep being told, the plot isn't allowing it to work that way. Intentionally. Perhaps. Veers is abducted by Skrull General Talos, disguised as Solar, fooled you, who kidnaps her to a Skrull spacecraft while the rest of the Star Force retreat. On the spacecraft, Talos gains access to Veers' memories from various points in her life. Veers awakens just as Talos unlocks her memories, revealing that he wants information from her pertaining to a light speed engine. 
the narrative over her memories, I think, is interesting. I was a little confused the first time I was watching this because I'm like, okay, we're taking on her perspective and experiencing this. It's interesting, but I don't know if I like it. I think this is the best way to do it, what they wanted to do with it. Uh, but that being said, the, the scrolls are goofy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, foreshadowing perhaps, <laughs> that they're not the villain. I'm just going to help you with this, nope. analyzing it. They're not the villains. Well, <laughs> here's the and here's the problem because you men- mentioned you said you know you weren't very well versed in what the comics were saying at the time. The scrolls are famous in the comics for being the big villains. In fact, they have one of the biggest comic storylines called Secret Wars where they were infiltrating Earth and they were the villains. So when we see this, our automatic thing is, oh, they're bad. Yes. Well, from the way the movie presents it, they're refugees. Later on, we find that out. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I rewatched it, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i mean when we eventually come around to the fact yeah i don't know i just think they're like silly goofiness is one of those things that you're like ah they can't really be yeah the, they can't really be that bad you know like those goofy <laughs> villains that you're like Hoo-hoo. well some of the best villains in marvel have had a sense of humor yeah uh who is it that i was talking about i really liked it was like hella um, hella was great what ultron oh yeah was... ultron yeah he had yeah. T- he had he had tony stark sense of humor my absolute favorite. I was like, oh, I like this. It's not Thanos who's just like a 500 pounds and like seven feet tall. And I don't know. I still kind of liked him too, but yeah, sorry. No, Thanos was just ominous. She orchestrates an escape with Talos, Norex, and two other scrolls in pursuit, crash landing to planet C-53, Earth. Wow, it looks like <laughs> all her training without using her powers actually came in handy here. How cruel of the patriarchy to train her like this. <laughs> Okay, listen, Linda, because (laughs) I knew you were thinking of me as you typed that. I was like, no, you don't. It is. Okay, it just is. It is. Okay, she, you know what makes Hulk the best? What? Being emotional. You know what makes Captain Marvel great? Being so angry and emotional. So Mm -hmm. down down with patriarchy. Down with or thank, thanks for that, by decree. the way. How about just how about just you know it's it's, it's a unit un cracky. We're all on this yeah. together, damn it! <laughs> Let's stop pitting each other against each other. Okay, I love the escape because <laughs> when she yells at the scroll, I giggle a bit. <laughs> I loved that because first of all, I can't think about you giggling. It's just too silly. Yeah. But it's like. What is this woman scared of? I love it. Yeah. Like that would have scared me. I could I can pretend to be brave for so far. Mm-hmm. And then that would have probably made me pee my pants. Like she's and she's just like whatever <laughs> on on I loved it. I was thinking about this and, and I mentioned this later on in my uh critics rating, which is the reason why that confidence is there and she's not scared of anything is because she doesn't have a past. And if you don't yeah. have a past, you don't have the experiences. The experiences are what shape what you fear. Right. Yeah, so explains why she's not afraid of a damn thing is because she doesn't remember anything. Uh, she got yeah. that swagger. You got to give her that. And she finally got those arm deals off and them photons though. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll, we'll keep this PG, but you know how some people really appreciate Wonder Woman's lasso? Yeah, I, I never did. I feel like yeah. that's the photons for you. <laughs> See, for me, it was seeing her basically take out everybody with the things on her arms. I was like, wow, she doesn't even need whatever her arms are going to give out. Because I think this is the first time we actually see them used. Um, and when yeah. she uses them, 
yeah, she takes out some people, but she also blows a hole in the ship. And you kind of go, ooh, maybe she should keep that in check. <laughs> she's going to kill everybody. Well, even, like, even going backwards a little bit when she's training with Jan Rog and she hits him, and then you see her immediate regret in her face. <laughs> like a little kid who, like, drops something and breaks it. This is like, uh. Yeah, what's funny is that the next scene, he's perfectly fine. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, uh... <laughs> Movie logic, I don't know. I know. Uh, Veers and the Skrulls crash in Los Angeles. While Talos, they never land in like Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> while Talos and the Skrulls assume the role of the surfers on a beach the next day. Apparently nobody saw them. And Veers crashes through the roof of a blockbuster video in the middle of a shopping plaza. I remember Blockbuster. Those were the days. Love it. Well, I mean, I just you walk in, you see the the wall of new releases, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to walk. And it was all in alphabetical order. Unlike this Blockbuster, because I was looking at the titles of those movies, they were not in alphabetical order. Someone should be fired. Okay. <laughs> you need hired for their contingency department. That's this, or like accuracy or whatever. You just absolutely do, and, and then they'll probably fire you. <laughs> I had a Radio Shack down the street from my house. I was in there every single day, just kind of looking at stuff that I didn't understand. Oh. Yeah, so we had a place called Primetime, okay. which was pretty much Blockbuster, and I legit would walk there, I don't even know how many miles with my boyfriend, we'd go get a movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, and, and then even as a kid, like just going, I'm the worst person though to go with to those places <laughs> if they existed, because I would just read the back of everything. <laughs> I'm, I, I just want to see everything. So you must, it must be awful to sit with you and be like, okay, what are we watching tonight on Netflix? Oh, we have to get into a show. Like we just have to get into a show. And then I'm like, oh, we're watching this show. This is like, <laughs> we're, we're watching the show. We do that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, movies for me. It just takes too long. I thought the scrolls coming out of the water was a really cool visual, but then my movie brain goes, the surfers that they're copying, none of them noticed them. <laughs> it, yeah this see this is why i can't admit my favorite marvel movies flawed but you know the thing that bothered me more wasn't even so much the water because i don't know maybe weird stuff comes out of the water in uh california like i believe it but when they're on the train yes. and he goes from a surfer dude which that's weird to get on a train in your surf stuff but whatever to an old lady <laughs> like <laughs> nobody notices that okay la like <laughs> Yeah, we're self-involved, but I don't think we're that self-involved. <laughs> yeah, and nobody had cell phones, so like, what even were you looking at? I don't know. Right. Uh, after a brief communication with Jan Rog, learning she will be stranded on Earth for the next 22 hours, she attracts the attention of S.H.I.E.L.D. after a night shift Los Angeles Police Department officer reports her in. Nick Fury and Phil Coulson, led by Keller, arrives at Los Angeles to interrogate Veers, dismissing her Kree authority and her claims that the Skrulls have arrived on Earth. Pretty impressive how she knows how to use parts from Radio Shack to contact her alien. <laughs> Alien counterparts. She's super strong. She's super smart. I guess her weakness is amnesia. Okay. <laughs> but, you know what I was really thinking was like we could talk about this movie illogic. I guess you could say all day. But what mm-hmm. I was really thinking is, okay, so when they're on their first mission, yeah, their like communications get staticky. Mm-hmm. Yet she can rig some stuff from Radio Shack from the 90s to her planet, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I didn't see a quarter going that payphone. 
the whole thing. I, you know what? We got to move past it. It's going to bother us. It's which... going. In, in, I think I talked to you once before about the mountain of nitpicks. You know, yeah, but yeah, but I think you'll also agree, and I because I think you write this later on, and I completely agree with it, which is that I think this movie is a testament to why movie studios shouldn't just set scheduled dates. Oh no, you takes time to make it takes time to make greatness. I know? and I I, I can, as as I finished the movie earlier, my first thought was, would this movie? have been better after Endgame. And the reason I say that is because, you know, in Endgame, when you first see her, you know, she flies in and she helps, you know, rescue Tony and be like, oh, this is Captain Marvel. Cool. And then she goes away for three hours, then comes back, <laughs> comes back and lays waste to everything there. Um, and, and But she's not the hero of that story. It ends up being Tony who does the final snap, but it's an, a way to introduce her. And then you go, okay, in phase four of these movies, the, we're going to start with Captain Marvel so you get to know who this person really was. Do you think people would still care? I think they would because I think... After Endgame? I, I think so only because you want to know who, where has she been? I don't think you or Steve really want to know who she is because this is a whole origin story and Steve straight up thought we didn't even need this movie. We'll get into Steve's thoughts later. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I look at like Black Panther, for instance, and Black Panther wasn't introduced in Black Panther. He was introduced as a side character in Civil War. And then he got his origin movie. Yeah. So it wet well, the appetite, okay. and then they gave it. Much like Spider-Man. Spider-Man didn't get his movie until he showed up in a cameo in Civil War. Then it was like, okay, I want to hear more about this guy, and then they did Homecoming. Yeah. I don't know. You'd have to... I think you'd have to rewatch him in the order you wanted to yeah. and reflect. Young Coulson and Fury. And, uh, you know, that de-aging technology is pretty good, but I feel like all they had to do was put hair on Coulson. <laughs> Because Fury looks great, and this clearly before Fury is a badass. <laughs> I no, I like in my notes. I immediately was like, "How did they make them look younger?" I need to know. Like, yeah. I'm at that point. I need to know how they look younger. It's movie magic. I really thought. I don't know. I was impressed with it. It's like what they did with Kurt Russell in Guardians Two. It's what they did with yes. Michael Douglas in the Ant Man movies. It's fantastic what they can do with this. Oh, yeah. And I don't even I'm I'm really curious, like what percentage is makeup and what percentage might be editing and, you know, computer and whatever. Like yeah. I, I was I, that was the first thing I was like, whoa. Oh, I didn't even think about the fact that they would be so much younger because it's in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, the interrogation is interrupted by one of the scrolls. Veers gives chase to the scroll on a subway train, but the scroll evades her and escapes amid a crowd at a train station. Fury and Coulson give chase to Veers, but Fury realizes that Coulson was actually abandoned at the shopping complex, and the Coulson sitting passenger side next to him is a second scroll imposter. The two have a scuffle because the scrolls are not the enemy, and the scroll is killed when their car crashes into oncoming traffic. Now, could you imagine? Imagine how difficult it must be to follow a train by car. <laughs> that just doesn't, like, uh, yeah. It's kind of like and when then, you see people go underwater in movies, and I hold my breath just to see if I could last as long as they do, and I never can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know what I was thinking about today when I was watching it is he, Colson goes, which who's it's not even him, it's a scroll, mm -hmm. but he says something like, you know, like, this street is coming up on the left here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and 
I'm assuming that S.H.I.E.L.D. is not in L.A. It kind of seemed a little crazy to me that like, okay, so one, you're in the midst of trying to keep up with a train and that pathway. And then two, you're like, oh, yeah, it's just the street up ahead that's going to. But I don't know. I was going to like, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. They just they're, they're going to figure it out at some point. Yeah. The Stanley moment is great. The fact he's got a mall rat script, even better. Uh, the- <laughs> I love the look she gives them. Just like, I don't know if you, you know, when you know he's dead and you're watching the movie and it's all like sentimental and Mm -hmm. she just gives him such a cute look. Now the fight with the old lady (laughs) that was given, (laughs) that was given away in the trailer. Uh, (laughs) But why isn't she using her powers on the train? Yonrog isn't around right now. (laughs) I don't know that she as in is as in love with them as you are. I don't think that she just jumps. I, I mean, she also knows how to fight, by the way. Like, and I also think that Thank she enjoys you, fighting Rog. people. <laughs> I think she enjoys kicking butt and taking names. Like, yeah, no, she she's a badass. If, you, if you're blasting everything all the time, like, well, uh, not really gratifying. No, it's not. But <laughs> as I told Steve, I'm like, the goal is to win. It's not to win with style. I love the idea that this movie is all about scrolls. It's an enemy that could be anybody. I love yeah. that. I, it's so smart. I mean, so smart to come up with a, and I'm, you know, I'm sure like the comic books obviously came up with it, but mm-hmm. so smart to have an enemy that can transform into anyone and you would trust them, yes. you know, whatever. But it really, I mean, maybe to get a little deep on this, get there. But it just kind of reminded me of, of war like in general and mm-hmm. how, you know, one decade we're fighting these people and the next decade we're fighting these people and blood are, and just kind of like the, a subtle point on like the futility of it. Does uh, <laughs> announcing your identity on clothing help with the covert part of your job? <laughs> <laughs> Veers, you know Captain Marvel can't get away with saying these things. Veers utilizes a scroll crystal containing her lost memories and begins recollecting them, or recollecting them, remembering them. There you go. She dresses in a civilian outfit she stole from a display and steals a motorcycle to drive to Pancho's bar in the nearby town of Rosamond. Fury and Keller, who at this point have been compromised by Talos, take possession of the deceased scroll. And while performing an autopsy, Keller authorizes Fury to work with Veers and eventually hand her in shield custody. I love seeing Ben Mendelsohn in everything. He was perfection for this role. That's it. I agree. I it's it, I've never seen Ben Mendelsohn play a character with this tone. I love when he's like, I don't really need the glasses, but I just think to complete the look. Yeah. <laughs> in my in my first th- when I saw that scene, I was like, oh my god, he's playing such a good villain. That's a villain line right there. But yeah. but but we find out later. It fooled you. Well, I think it's just <laughs> it's it's like kind of that likable villain yeah. where you you sort of love to hate it. I don't know. I You delight in them. Yeah. And, okay. Really? Checking the scrolls undercarriage? I don't think so. Fury would never do this. He'd be like, I don't care. I think they have to throw in the occasional lowbrow fart joke every now and then <laughs> for the general public. But honestly, yeah. we could probably make these movies under two hours by cutting out stupid stuff. Probably. Yeah. I Here's the thing. And... <laughs> I know it's not sounding like it, but I truly believe there is a great movie in this movie. I truly yeah. believe that there is. All the pieces are there. I just, the writing just messed it up for me, I think. I like. Maybe it, it goes back to like timetables. They, they were just much, like, we have to get this out. I Yeah, I, that's definitely something to talk about later on. How do you like her outfit? 
my gosh. I, I absolutely. Okay. She interacts with the guy on the bike, which is so, so, so perfect. And then sees the outfit, puts it on, gets on a motorcycle. I mean, you're talking the epitome of my dream life as, as an adolescent. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, and to, you a disaffected to be niece? more, like I even wanted a motorcycle. My father almost bought me a motorcycle. Oh, like this, yeah. This movie could not have hit home better for me. <laughs> this is your life. This is my life. <laughs> but somebody pointed this out to me later on, and I was like, I didn't even notice that before. But there's a scene where she has a quick, like, two second flashback when she's at the bar and she's wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. And then here she's got her Nine Inch Nails shirt, neither of which we hear in this movie at all. Yeah, but there's so much <laughs> pop culture you can fit in X amount. Well, we'll get into the we'll get into the musical choices later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like no one else can laugh with us because they don't realize how strongly opinionated I am about things till they hear it. <laughs> we'll get there, right, girl? Don't worry. <laughs> Fury finds Veers at the bar, and now fully convinced that the scrolls are a threat, the two question each other to ensure that they are not scroll imposters. Now, Steve, I got I got to speak on Steve's behalf here. Steve hated that this is the way you test to see if somebody's a scroll. You ask questions. I what like the want? interview scene. <laughs> like Jackson and Larson, I think they've got great chemistry. It's a common oh, yeah. theme in all of these movies. They always find people that have good chemistry together. Yeah. I dare I make an overstatement. Please do. That this movie might have flopped without that chemistry. I think so. I think Samuel L. Jackson had to be the personality amongst the two to bring that chemistry. Yes. I mean, we joked, we joked I'm a little dead inside <laughs> earlier, but when you have such few memories and you can't make your personality, you know, like your life experiences really help shape your personality and she pretty much doesn't have any. And so she's just kind of this like angry, confused, tough inside sort of whatever. And let's go back to the fact that you said she looked like the female Captain America. Uh, how much personality does Captain America really have? Oh, I mean, well, here's a th- Steve always says he's always on mission. Yes. And I'm like, well, He's yeah, always that's, on mission. that's his role. But we also know, we know a lot about his personality because in First Avenger, we actually see his personality take shape. Uh, it, it's it's it, one, of the, one of the most important scenes is when he's being bullied when he's little tiny Steve uh, in the alley and he's getting his <laughs> ass kicked and he just keeps getting up because he doesn't like bullies. And without having to say anything, without having to say anything, we know a lot about the character of this person. Yeah. This movie tells you her character, but never shows you. Yeah. I just think with Captain America, I can sum up his personality in like two things. Okay. Like righteous is, you know, I don't like bullies and I'm going to stand up to the bad guy and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then like heartbroken. Those are so you throw yourself into your work and like, how do you go to dinner with that guy? You don't like you're well, going to eat a sandwich quickly. That's what, <laughs> that's why Endgame's ending is so glorious is because he finally gets to have the life that everyone's been telling him, go yes. get a life. So he finally yes. gets to have it. And only he knows now what that life is like and it clearly it's a happy one uh but yeah. okay give me two things about captain marvel's personality bad ass i mean That's- brave is- <laughs> okay so he is also brave whatever whatever all right whatever <laughs> I, mean, I don't know i think just so inter it, i think it's so internal you know what maybe that's what's so similar about them is everything is so internal yeah and here's the thing i think if you rearrange some scenes in this movie you get her personality. Yeah. 
I mean, you see, you, and it's a lot of the flashbacks. You see her when yeah. she's interacting, um, Maria and her daughter, and just the whole, yeah, you're yeah. right. Other scenes. Okay. Fury says he can't eat toast if it's sliced diagonally. I got to point this out. <laughs> He's seen eating a sandwich diagonally in Age of Ultron. Is Fury a scroll? <laughs> First of all, why do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> How long has he been a scroll? That's the question, because this is in 1995. Um, are you going to rate Marvel to find out? <laughs> no, I'm going to wait for them to explain it in the next series of movies that they do. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah. Fury takes her to the joint USAFA facility in Nevada to confirm Veers' claims of her origins on Earth. She learns that she was a fighter pilot for the United States Air Force alongside a fellow comrade, Maria Rambeau, both under the tutelage of Wendy Lawson for Project Pegasus. Veers recognizes Lawson as the woman murdered in her dreams and later learns from Jan Rog that she was a Cree named Marvell. Fury uses the old scotch tape trick to get the fingerprints. That's some pretty shoddy security at S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, they cut him some slack in the 90s. Uh, we get Goose the Cat, the real star of the show. Yes. <laughs> uh, so many. You know what? I would love for someone to take all the like Goose the Cat jokes in the movie or their interactions or something and just like edit a, a, a trailer like of that. <laughs> a music video of just YouTube, Goose. make it happen. <laughs> Uh, when Fury pulls out the tape again, she just blasts through the door saying she didn't want to steal his thunder. Get it? Get it? She's superior. Get it? <laughs> just let us have this, okay? We sat, we, we sat through Captain America, okay? Uh, so, but, and uh, for, those of, for those of you who, who watch it in chronological order, like, that, just, just let me have this. Fury's like, got a great reaction, though, which is, how come you couldn't do this earlier? <laughs> like, And that's a good question. Why not? <laughs> overkill. Just uh, overkill. I would love to walk through that records room just to see what's in there. That a... would be cool in a video game. Like one of the things you can do is go through the files or something. Oh, God. The number of things you'd find out about the Marvel Universe. Oh, uh, I think this is a great scene because it's important putting the pieces of your life together. It links the memories. But I think you have to have this scene because you didn't develop it early on in the movie. Because at this point, yeah. you just have to tell people, look, we skipped over this. This is who she is. And But do you, I think that it's so intentional. It's, it like, um, I, I don't need a prologue of like, this is who you are. And this is how you got here. And blah, 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 blah. Like, mm -hmm. I like experiencing it with her. Well, the next scene, when you see Jan Rog and Veers, and they're talking on the phone together, and he's got his team around him. Everything he is saying is good advice for what they're trying to do. There's nothing that's sinister about it, even though it's Jude Law and you automatically see the devil. <laughs> but he seems to be legitimately helping her. Okay, if you had a weapon as powerful as her in oh, your pocket, yeah. I mean, like, you're not gonna, you're gonna do everything to keep, to keep it under wraps, to keep her, you know, like, you're gonna keep that in your pocket. You're not flashing it out and showing it everyone all the time and like I, I just think it's all manipulation that's all it, like he's molding her into who he wants her to be to take advantage of her to use her to use her powers okay. and to take advantage of her powers kind of thing and the scrolls won't do that later right 
Yep, there we go. Okay, Fury reports to Keller of their location and a posse of agents led by Keller arrive, including Coulson. Upon realizing that Keller had been compromised by Talos the whole time, Fury goes rogue with Veers. Coulson allows the two to escape. Uh, Fury used the old like-we-didn't-Havana trick to figure out that Keller isn't Keller. Sneaky, sneaky. (laughs) But he already knew. Do you remember why he knew already? He already... Oh, because he called him Nicholas. Yes. So why did we need the like we did Havana? No. Okay, one, he wanted to confirm it. I mean, I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Okay, here's what I like about that, is you spend so much of the Marvel Universe with superpowers, with things that are not, like, innately human. And this is so human. This is his, like, old old school spy knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is good. good. See, this is what, one of the, among the things I like about Fury in, in here. No, Fury is always, he's never had to, been able to rely on anything other than his wits. And that's why I I'm mean, he like, almost dies in a car, so. Well, there's that. <laughs> Several <laughs> times, actually, throughout the entire movie franchise. Cars are just always <laughs> failing on him. <laughs> <laughs> when Fury is trying to avoid the shield agents in the file room, I, I just get the feeling I'm playing Super Bomberman on Nintendo. I, <laughs> that, that scene gives me anxiety. Does it really? Those, those loud lights that click on with motion, yep. uh, that gives me anxiety. Like, how do you hide? I don't, and, and then they throw the thing and it's like, oh, well, that's where they're coming. And you got to run, but oh, I, I guess I can be a spy. We get, we get Fury in a, awesome fight scene with Talos and then when he runs away he looks like he aged 30 years <laughs> I'm giving Samuel L. Jackson the pass he's, I think he's 70 years old I looked it up <laughs> I don't think that you get the A-list kind of celebrity you get with Samuel L. Jackson and you tell him like hey old man get in better shape <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we, we give you a pass, Samuel L. Jackson. And w- one of my favorite scenes in this movie, Coulson makes a choice here that alters the course of his career in a good way. And they have a conversation in the car right afterwards where Samuel L. Jackson is explaining Coulson's character and saying, listen, he's the kind of guy who he won't break the rules, but... If he sees that's unjust, he's going to break the rules. The rules, not yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and you're Shout like, out well, to my dad. That makes sense, <laughs> but but then Carol, Carol, stop. Carol then says, "Well, I get in trouble when I do that." When have we seen you get in trouble for breaking the rules? Well, with her whole training. But her, she didn't the entirety get. Wait, she, of her training is. But like, we never saw her monster. get in trouble. <laughs> Well, he said if you know in the beginning, he's like, if you do it again, you have to go to the Supreme Intelligence. But doesn't she go anyway? No, that was like her punishment was she couldn't keep she couldn't keep herself under control. So but she her goes. Pun- but didn't her punishment lead to her being able to go on her first mission? Yeah, I don't know. That's not I, a punishment. That's a reward. I don't understand <laughs> how her punishment was going on the mission. That's a reward. But, <laughs> I don't know. But he still in good parenting, did what he said he was going to do, and she blew her blaster or whatever, and he took her to sea. So, I don't know, but... Let's just call the Cree what I... they are. They're the Department of Education, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we don't punish kids Thank anymore. We reward them random. and hope that they do better. <laughs> okay. Here's the canyon hug. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, there are a lot of origins here. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I liked that. Uh, motivated to seek answers from Rambo, Fury and Veer is accompanied by Goose the Cat because they had to bring the cat who they encountered at the facility <laughs> hijack a quad jet to the Rambo residence in New Orleans Louisiana both Rambo and her daughter Monica are surprised to see if Veer is still alive alright let's do the checklist she can fly anything also so let's tick off the strengths master pilot universally tech savvy super strong what's her weakness again <laughs> She has to style her hair. That's her, her weakness. <laughs> and I will go on a rant about that later, but weakness. Honestly, I was so focused on her hair this fourth time watching it <laughs> because of all the times you've mentioned it. I'm like, I just need to look at this now. And I'm like, is her hair pulled back? It is, but why is the strand in her face? You couldn't exactly. pull that strand back also? Exactly. <laughs> As someone who has you know a woman's hair mm-hmm. and knows what it takes to make it look like that this is it, it's stupid but yeah I, you know i digress and i you know what i have to say in movie movie logic mm-hmm. like just overall movies not even marvel all movies yeah i would say the majority of them assume that if you've ever flown anything you know how to fly everything <laughs> i think there is there's one part and it, it jumps out at me because it, it actually was logical um okay i think it's thor ragnarok and uh, hulk <clears throat> is it hulk oh yeah they, they're Bruce like Banner. going to fly something he's like i don't know what i'm doing i got or, seven phds you know, they're not in piloting exactly and i was like thank you writers because that's just a movie thing and i've accepted it i don't agree with it but i'm you know but, but then he flies it <laughs> yeah just yeah <laughs> You know what? I will say, though, he runs into something. Yes, he does. When like I, the whole building. When I first talked about this movie with Steve, I, exp- I I tried to defend this, saying this is her muscle memory coming back of being in a pilot seat and knowing what to do. And he goes, if you've been away from someplace for six years, that muscle memory is gone. And I was like, uh, I want to oh. believe it isn't here. <laughs> I don't know. That would be definitely some kind of research project. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. That cat people, is bad let's, CGI. Let's put a lot of people under amnesia. Like, <laughs> yeah, knock a bunch of people out and see what happens. <laughs> this seems ethical, definitely. <laughs> the cat is bad CGI. <laughs> well, when, when it's when it's against the, when they when they go up in the space and it's backed up against the thing, I'm like, <laughs> you couldn't have spent another day on this one. <laughs> Just. Uh, it's probably, it probably goes back to timetable. But it's interesting yeah. that, you know, Brie Larson is allergic to cats. And so anytime that they had to interact, it was a fake cat that was, she was working with. How horrible. Like, that, you know, it's like, it goes back to Goose being the star. Like, mm-hmm. how horrible that she's allergic to cats and, hey, your co-star's a cat. <laughs> Even more horrible. How come they couldn't get a hypoallergenic cat? <laughs> wow do they even like her i don't know this is where i relate to brie larson because i too am allergic to cats (laughs) well i don't know are you captain marvel (laughs) uh ronan the accuser if you didn't think that villain got his due in guardians of the galaxy well here's his second chance and he won't (laughs) poor lee pace (laughs) 
<laughs> I just think he's one of the most ugly villains I've like I hate I hate that outfit, but it's good because you're meant to hate them. Like I hate that weird thing on his head and I hate mm-hmm. his fate like I hate his face. everything about him. <laughs> but it's good. He's a villain. I should. Uh the two identify Veers as Carol Danvers, a fighter pilot who was seemingly killed with Lawson in a test flight gone awry. They also identify Goose as Lawson and Danvers' pet. Talos and Norex arrive at the Rambo residence with a shake, only to negotiate a temporary alliance after Talos reveals that he was in possession of a black box from the plane crash. Talos reveals that Danvers has been deceived by the Kree and that the Skrulls are simply homeless refugees constantly on the run from the Kree on the brink of extinction, and she just believes them. (laughs) After six years of indoctrination, nope, turning that around. (laughs) Well, okay, but here's the thing. Is the whole interaction with them is so much more peaceful than like she's like she's a soldier and that was probably one of the most peaceful encounters mm. you know we're not going to hurt your daughter we're yeah. he's drinking a milkshake come on yeah they is stopped at steak and shake on the way there <laughs> <laughs> like i think i mean i don't know she she's just taking it all in okay <laughs> like, leave, leave captain marvel alone but okay just for people who are watching this and don't live in the south uh-huh. i greatly appreciated that once we get to louisiana you can hear that you're in louisiana like oh. that's so I, I've, I've been there but i live in florida but i been there and hated it and it's it's just that was really that was a good small detail that i appreciated and this is another thing that when i watched it this time i paid attention to because when i saw you wrote it i was like oh i need to see and i was like oh my god if this was in surround sound i bet the bugs would be in your ears well yeah i have surround sound in my house so yeah yeah i mean i don't know i love the speech that maria rambo gives to carol about what it was like to lose her because for me i'm like finally Someone showing some emotion in this movie that's not just smirky. Did you cry? You know what? I felt it. <laughs> I love that you I love I love that you you can admit that you felt it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just seems so relatable on a human I mean, of course she is actually human, but it's so relatable on a human level. Like I don't know whether it's like being in the military or I was it kind of brought me back because my dad was in the Air Force, kind of brought mm-hmm. me back to like the strategic air commands, okay. which were these guys who it was like, Hey, gotta go on a mission. Boom, get out, don't know where you're going, can't tell your family where you're going, blah blah probably gonna die like it's (laughs) you know and it's it was insane because i watched this whole documentary on that and i was like whoa that's so now a lot of these people knew these women's husbands were you know part of this whatever so you know if they don't show up i don't think people are questioning it too much but still i was like oh my gosh this speech is it it hits home for certain people i really think so but i think if you're a human being you can really it it is just lovely lovely in a really sad way (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? <laughs> no, it, it's an emotional moment. Um, yeah. Cats are flurkins. <laughs> Why is Carol holding it in a defensive way? She has photon beams coming from her arms. She's using the cat? Did she forget for a second? <laughs> Goose is the star. Okay. Goose is the star of the king of the Ruby. Upon hearing, the re- upon hearing the recording from the black box, Danvers finally recollects the memory of what happened. The assassination was orchestrated by none other than Jan Rog. 
who had uncovered Marvell's deception. Marvell instructed Danvers to destroy the energy core, powering the light speed engine, but in an attempt to destroy it, Danvers gained cosmic abilities after absorbing the energy from the exploding engine. With no recollection of her memories, Yan Rog was authorized by the Supreme Intelligence to train her into becoming a Kree operative. The flashback of the plane crash is pretty wild. <laughs> Another happy landing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Go the thing. Ahead. Marvel movies know how to crash a vehicle. Oh, yeah. The Doctor Strange crash is my favorite crash in all 23 movies. Really? Oh, it's so visceral. And you're just like, I, I felt like I was in the car. Huh. Uh, she absorbed yeah. a lot of energy there. How come Jan Rog didn't? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Go, like, wouldn't that have been it, a really okay? cool reveal? But here, think about it. Think about the end scene where she's with Jan Rog. Wouldn't it have been interesting if he goes, come on, let's fight, just, you know, mano y mano here, and without her powers, and then he reveals he has them also. Uh, twist of a twist of a twist. Ah! Um, <laughs> but I just like him so much, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> he sucks. And that's not how you pronounce Veers. That, that's verse. That bothered me the whole time. Did it really? <laughs> when, when they get the finally, um, I don't remember when that is. Oh, you, you know what I was thinking about today, too? What? When he finds, so they're out in the desert. Yep. And, oh, I just happened to look at the ground and <laughs> under some sand see piece of a dog tag that's ripped off. And it says verse, and I'm gonna call you v- like what? Right. I, that was today. I was like, no, I can't take that. I, I, I'm not gonna give that a pass. I'm That's drawing stupid. my line. <laughs> I'm drawing, this is where they draw the line. It's a dog tag under sand that someone just looks down and sees. Like, no, sorry. Everything that I knew was a lie. <laughs> So the only person she really trusted lied to her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's this is all this movie is all about distrust. Yeah. And well, I, I if think you don't that, remember anything. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you don't remember anything, anybody can take advantage of you, right? Oh, I'm a prime candidate. I'm so naive. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, no, the career, the good people. I'd be like, oh, OK, all right. <laughs> she's, she's thankfully skeptical <laughs> like going back to your twist on a twist on a twist it would be really funny if in the end the scrolls were the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be like a such a like cheesy stereotypical evil laugh of something yeah. that ben mendelson gives i i think if they had i i think if they had done that then the audience would have immediately turned on captain marvel going she's just gullible i feel used yeah that's what I would have felt like my, I would have felt used after spending whatever you spend to go to the movies. Uh, Talos confides in Danvers that Marvell was actually a Cree double agent who was attempting to help the Skrulls by testing the light speed engine, which can help them flee Cree occupation forever, or at least until they find them again. And that the black box in Danvers' memories contained the coordinates to a former laboratory cloaked in Earth's orbit that Marvell had used, containing the last of the Skrull refugees that he didn't know were there, as well as the energy core that powered the engine. Okay. I really paid attention this time. Why are the Kree and Skrull on different sides? Like, why are the Kree about eradicating the Skrulls? Can you explain that one to me? Well, because he tells them that they resisted their the Kree rule. So, like, okay. But at the, at the beginning, Marvel is explaining that they're trying to take over all the planets. Right? Yeah, and like they they 
came to the Kree's planet. No, they came to the Skrulls planet and they were like, no. And they didn't like that. So now they're just chasing them around the entire universe to kill them all? Vengeance is strong. Because okay? didn't, didn't they win? <laughs> I don't I don't they, know. They got the planet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, she, Carol yells out, I don't even know who I am. Yes, you do. We literally just watched 20 minutes of you figuring out who you were, which is what you wanted all along. <laughs> yeah, but she watched it like us. She, you know, mm-hmm. she watched it like us. So she was someone outside looking in. That doesn't, it's almost like, it, it's almost like she's going to need things to happen to jog her memory, to feel like, like, for example, amnesia patients, mm-hmm. you could sit there and tell them their life story all day long, but it doesn't, it's not like it's, it's, it's a story to them that probably feels like it happened to someone else. Okay. All right. I, I could buy it. It's all yeah. perspective and opinion. So maybe I'm wrong on 95% of what I'm saying. Who the hell knows? I didn't write the movie, <laughs> but you should rewrite it. I better. Um, <laughs> When changing the suits, she does revert to a bunch of the suits she wore in the comics, but the cinematography makes it hard to see the different colors. Uh, the, uh, person's fired. I, now I'm going to look up who it is. I'm going to compare all their movies. I get, I really get obsessive like this. Like, Well, this time around, it's kind of funny because she's wearing her Cree colors and she brings the little kid over who magically knows how to work all this technology and says... Yeah, I thought that was a little similar. And she goes... I think I need to not wear these. Can you f- help me find something? Cause you got some style. So the first thing she does is she shows the little girl how to use it. And when she does that, the first outfit she puts on ends up being the one sh- that the kid ends up sticking with. Well, okay. <laughs> let's stere- let's stereotype a little bit here. Ooh, okay. How many times have you ever tried on a ton of outfits to go out? Me? <laughs> yes, you. I don't recall. I I, Never. I I grab a pair of jeans and whatever shirt is clean, and I head out the door. <laughs> Let's do. Okay, I'm how about sh- you? I'm sure, I'm sure we could pull girls. I'm and I'm gonna fall right into stereotyping here. I'm pretty much a t-shirt and jeans person, whatever. But there has been the rare occasion that you know you and your your teenage girlfriends are all in your room, like. Outfit, 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 outfit on the bed, on the bed. Your clothes are everywhere, and you end up going with the first one. <laughs> this is a real thing, okay? This is not movie logic. I'll, this I'll is take, a real your thing. <laughs> <laughs> take, take your word for it. Take my word for it. The next day, Jan Rog arrives on Earth to confront Danvers. He quickly realizes that the Danvers he was communicating with was Norax and swiftly executes him upon learning of the laboratory orbiting Earth and learning that the source of the energy core is the Tesseract. Danvers, Fury, Talos, Maria, and Goose take the quad jet to the laboratory, and Talos is reunited with his wife and daughter. Jan Rog is the bad guy. Okay, is so is this the villain? Yeah, because yeah. I haven't known yet who <laughs> the me, villain in this let movie me is. This out for you, <laughs> yes. Like normally by now, I'm well aware, and I just want the person to die. But in this movie, I had no idea. Right up until this point, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the um, reason why I was kind of blah about it was because I'm like, well, this isn't much of a foe for Captain Marvel. She can kick this guy's ass. <laughs> you are so obsessed with watching those photons at work. <laughs> you, <I'm> just, <laughs> you 
blast around town like, oh, uh, purse snatcher, blast. She can you put know. a hole through the guy's chest, okay? <laughs> uh, I do not, I'm sorry, I don't like that Fury is a big pussycat around the cat. For 22 movies, he's never shown an inkling of the softness, and now he's, oh, boo, boo, goo, doo, boo, 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 boo. <laughs> I know that has not been Fury. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to think backwards. One, this is a younger time in his life. He's not so jaded about everything. And this is part of his origin in that he's not just the grumpy old one eyed dude in a turtleneck. Like, I loved it. I was like, thank you for being a little less grumpy old man. And I just, that's just how I, I don't know. He's so jaded in everything else. That I love this. And name your second point. <laughs> second point. There was, uh, tell me another movie, Marvel movie with a cat in it. Black Panther? No, no. <laughs> okay. Like, we just learned that he's a cat guy and doesn't, okay, first pet's name, Mr. Snoofers. That was definitely a cat. <laughs> Mr. Snoofers? Like Mr. Snoofers. <laughs> This is Mr. Snoofers. <laughs> Decloaked a giant spacecraft hanging in the orbit for the past six years, and I'm wondering if this is where Fury gets the cloaking technology for his helicarriers in 17 years. Yeah. Good. I mean, it could tie it together. Good putting two and two together, whether it's true or not. I'm gonna, I like that theory. The Tesseract. Okay, this makes sense because the last time we saw the Tesseract in the timeline was when Howard Stark pulled it out of the ocean from Cap's crash in Captain America, the first Avenger. So that means that the Tesseract gave Carol her powers. She's powered by a stone. The only other people powered by a stone are Vision and Scarlet Witch, both of which are also super powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that something as powerful as the Tesseract ends up in an old school metal lunch, lunch, uh, lunchbox. A Happy Days like, one? <laughs> <laughs> it just cracks me up. I'm like, they're all looking for, you know, like, oh, let's put in this lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. They got a lunchbox, and then there's a pinball machine. I'm like, what the hell is that doing in the laboratory? <laughs> <laughs> Danvers finds the Tesseract, but the Star Force ambushed them and placed Danvers under stasis to confront the Supreme Intelligence. Okay, there are times when the cat looks good and times when it looks good. We're stuck on the cat still, okay? <laughs> I think you have to let the cat go. Let the cat go. Okay. <laughs> are we to believe that she's never noticed the inhibitor on her head is the reason why she can't do her full power? Seriously? I, hmm. I, I don't know. Huh. Like when, hmm. like when, she, like when she's washing her hair. You know, oh, what's this? Probably pulling oh, yeah. this off. I mean, she knows it's there. I don't know. Doesn't she rip it off? Well, she ex like she explodes off of her. I think doesn't it? Okay, because I was thinking, what what does where does it go? Like, I I need to know the science of this thing on her neck. I don't know. Hm. Yeah, um, yeah. I I I, <laughs> I, I think at Check this point they were kind of like, oh shit, we've got logic problems. Uh, let's just make <laughs> her is... make her glow now and just end this thing. <laughs> This is the end of an essay due at 11.59. Like, 
I haven't summarized. Oh, well. <laughs> In a final conversation with Supreme Intelligence, Danvers removes the inhibitor that has been limiting her full power potential and engages in an all-out battle with the Star Force. Fury realizes that Goose is actually a flurkin and witnesses his abilities firsthand after she swallows the Tesseract and several Kree soldiers, echoing an earlier scene where Talos expressed fear of flurkins and insisted that Goose was not a cat. In a battle for the Tesseract, Danvers overpowers Korath, Bronchar, and Atlas, while the Skrulls escape on the Quadjet with Rambo and Fury. In the process, Talos is shot by Jan Rog, rendering him inoperable to flood fight. Okay. You got a Nirvana song in here. Okay. Come as you are. It's a little on point, but so is every song in this. It's all on the nose. Come as you are. Got it. She's coming as she is. You know what? I would be curious to do a most popular songs of this era Mm -hmm. and like just look at the top 100. I'm glad you asked. If you could pick more, if you could pick better songs for this, that you wouldn't feel so insulted by your intelligence. No, you ready? Because I've got it right here. I have oh, look at this guy. the Billboard's hottest 100 hits. This is 1995, right? Okay, but keep in mind, the genre is slightly grunge. Right. Let's, dare I say, angry girl. Like. So here we go. 1995. This scene right here, the come as you are, like I could see them and you may laugh at this, but what about Kiss from a Rose by Seal? Uh, romantic. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Freak Like Me by Adina Howard. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then you know what? Annette Bending's character even comments on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, the music, yeah. And I, I, I'll, I'll summarize later why all of that's wrong. <laughs> no, because when it comes to the next song that we hear, I have a great one that they could have played that wouldn't have been so on the nose. But well, You're going to have to convince me of this so hard. I know no I idea. am because I know, I know you are possessed by Gwen. Yeah. Oh, I am. I absolutely am. Yeah. Life, life role models. Uh, the Flurkin is awesome when we finally see what it does. However, that cat should be huge after eating the soldiers. You're being real too logical about this. There's an alien inside of the body of a cat. Like, there is no logic to this. It is, you go with it, okay? It's Goose the Star. I'm glad that you mentioned the logic, because this is where her arc is completed. She didn't know who she was. Now she knows she's human because she always gets up when she gets knocked down. I'm pretty sure she was doing that anyway, and being human really had nothing to do with it. Plus, you don't get to claim only human when you can do what she can do. Wow. Um, ooh, ooh. You know who, is, oh, by the like way. a deep self-identifying topic here. Well, funny you thing. You can't tell Captain Marvel who she is. The only, here's the thing. This is not original, by the way. This happened in a movie previous, and it's a very similar movie in the character itself. Green Lantern had the exact same premise at the end of it. Oh. Um. <laughs> Well, <laughs> did anyone like Green Lantern? So, but see, let me tell you why it works here. Because Green Lantern or not, this to me is it just speaks to the audience mm-hmm. that you you see so much Marvel as rich people with gadgets or people with superpowers. But the 
who who's the most powerful who who are the avengers named after come on captain marvel well the team is, is named after her code name yeah yeah okay like it, she's she's the best you know whatever. <laughs> so like we don't we don't have to argue about that because she's the best okay so she but what makes her heroic is being human and getting back up again okay you can go on about the photon blasters because you love them so much but the kree are like oh they 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 literally cut off those memories to look at you crashing your go-kart look at you falling down look at you do the blah blah and then she from the human's perspective is like yeah but i got back up and i did tried it again and blah 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 and that is what we that's what we want to relate to mm-hmm. is like okay i can't be tony stark i can't be black widow you know this person whatever but like the heroism within me is all that come on let's bring it home with cheesy style <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get the mozzarella out <laughs> uh and and hey now it's time for captain marvel to become captain mother marvel <laughs> and she looks awesome I, and, and at this point, I'm like, yes. And then she goes into a dark room and you can't see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I've always said, if you have bad CGI in a movie, you tend to dim the lights on it so it doesn't yeah. look as bad. And I think this goes back to the timing issue. They were rushed for time on this one, perhaps. Yeah. 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 I can agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and convince me. Okay. So we get No Doubts, I'm Just a Girl, which, by the way, fantastic song. Uh, It's the reason why I bought that damn album, and I I think I I bought two. If you say you regret it, I will come to your house. Oh, God, no. I still listen to it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sunday Morning is one of my favorite songs. Thank you. Leave a message. I mean, all of it. But I think... It's a little on the nose because you tell what's better. Okay. Well, okay. So I want you to picture the same scene. Okay. She gets up and you hear gangsta's paradise. Oh, not bad. Thank you. Not as energetic. Okay. Um, (laughs) not, you know what? I'm not, that's, that wasn't a horrible argument. Just, it's just I'm, I'm picturing like the first two, piece, the I first guess. like she she gets up and you hear that, boom, 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 and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> she gonna go gangster now on people. <laughs> I don't know. I knew this. I knew this song so well. I also got those like warm fuzzies. I was like, yes, this is this is one of those moments. I'm looking at my husband. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you you know, this is one of my favorite songs. Oh my gosh, <laughs> isn't it so great? You know, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You've never seen this. Here's another one. She gets up and you hear. This is how we do it. <laughs> that was so great. Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's a, that would be. Uh, see, I'm just I'm thinking tempo also wrong, but very uh, another good one, another good one. No, I think it's okay if it's on. Okay, they've gone this entire movie insulting our intelligence. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change now, and. I I loved it. The it was a popular ver- song. The techno version of Totally Clips of the Heart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just just like, 
and there's so many you could use from the it. 90s. The 90s were a great year for a great decade for music. <laughs> okay, go back to that outfit she steals. I'm not saying this was like her choice. I'm not saying that she consciously was like, "Oh, I want to look like this." But look like soak in that outfit for a moment. No, it's a great outfit. What what about some Guns and Roses no in that scene? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, hmm. just imagine you hear the first few chords of um, Paradise City at that moment. That, that's, a, that's a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would probably be more okay with that one because that's a song I feel like the character would listen to what? if she had any idea who she was. I got to pull that one out, though, because it does say in the chorus where the grass is green and the girls are pretty and <laughs> you are more than your looks, ladies. Oh, well, thank you. No, but <laughs> it is perfect for girls who curl their hair and kick butt. So, right before yes. battle. <laughs> Don't worry. Put your mascara on in your Avengers outfits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my whole point was, it, 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 like, as soon as I remember hearing like, just a groan in the audience, when it did, I'm just a girl because from yourself. It, it was not just from me. There, there was a lot of women in the audience who were kind of like, no. I am okay with it. Like, I'm okay with the blatantness of it. It's okay with me. Okay. It's, it is. I can, like, that's why maybe I, that's why I have you on. That. That's why I have you on it because you give that perspective that I have not witnessed. <laughs> so we need that. We need. If everybody agreed on everything on this show, then there wouldn't be a show. <laughs> well, and let's go into the fact that we're totally influencing a generation of kids who have probably never heard that song. And you're like, oh my gosh, mom, it's Captain Marvel, and she's a girl, and she's a superhero. and like, That's Blake Shelton's just... wife. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, by the way, that woman was in a band. Um, it's not just called Gwen Stefani. But... No, she was in a band, and her career went downhill after she left it. <laughs> yeah, really. She had it um, all. But, I mean, don't talk my girl Gwen. Like, I, listen, I love me some No Doubt I still, Gwen. I still love her. But when she went B-A-N-A-N-A-S, I went, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kid. Um, I'm not, yeah, okay. Uh, yep. in, a, in a rage, Jan Rog authorizes Ronan and the accusers to dispatch Kree ballistic missiles at Earth to kill Danvers and the Skrulls. Danvers destroys the missiles, prompting the accusers to retreat. Minerva... She's still here. The last operable Star Force member intercepts the quad jet to the Mojave Desert so that Rambo has something to do. Jan Rog arrives on Earth and challenges Danvers to, to a duel, but she instantly incapacitates him with a photon blast and sends him back to Hala with a warning for the Supreme Intelligence declaring a war. Okay, you gotta admit, Rambo versus Minerva is straight out of Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, she has a, a badass human friend. Yes. Yeah. And I love Rambo. And I can't wait for little Monica to end up being Captain Marvel. Me too. Well, she won't be little because now it's 2024 <laughs> in the universe. So that would add another, what, 30 years to Monica? Oh, yeah. But that's fine. We we can still be superheroes in our 30s. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, Samuel I L. Jackson can still run at 70. captain marvel is officially powered up at full strength let's see what she can do well she went through all those ships like they were swiss cheese ronan looks like a bitch the crates say they'll be back for the woman 
when? They never do this in any of the other movies. And <laughs> the fight with Jan Rog, well, it's Indiana Jones. One blast and out. <laughs> I love that is the perfect. That is exactly how they should have done it. Because I, okay. I love he's just lecturing her and like this this goes back to like all the manipulation and gaslighting and how their biggest part of their relationship is him constantly telling her um okay like they train whatever but still there's so much that and he starts right at what's his go-to strategy right up to telling her just he starts lecturing her and i don't even remember what he starts his saying first because line I just, is i'm so proud of you which I was like, what? And I was and like, he starts going, didn't go there. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, whatever. And I just, I love how she's like, she's, she's not having it. Boom. Yeah. Whatever. And then just, <laughs> it, I just loved it. So in 1995, Captain Marvel is going to end the war. We're guessing from stopping Supreme intelligence who got away. There's a lot of open questions here. <laughs> hey, let's make movies for the decade. Let's just, let's keep going. Well, here's the problem. They've already announced the next phase of movies. Captain Marvel 2 was not in that list. In the aftermath, <laughs> Goose claws and blinds Fury's left eye while his guard is down. <laughs> the Skrulls take temporary shelter at the Rambo residence where Talos begins to recover from his injuries. Seriously, this is how Fury loses his eye? We've been waiting to get this answer and he even says in Civil War or Winter Soldier, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. What? So I was watching more carefully what he's doing this time, and yeah. he's like getting in the cat's face. Like, <laughs> oh, you killed little Mr. Flirk, you know, the baby talk, but like right in its face, and you know, Goose is not having it. Right. I loved it. Yeah. And but then I it. you you drew my attention to this, the look that Dallos has. <laughs> 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 the other time he gives a look like that is when they first go to space and Fury goes, is space travel supposed to be this crazy? And, Fury, and uh, Marvel goes, this is what it's like. And they look over Talos and he goes, he's just shaking his head like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Great Ben See, Mendelsohn moments. <laughs> how much do you love the, the scroll? Like they add, I mean, first of all, Ben Mendelsohn, but then just them in general, like when they captured her and there's the two little ones that are working the controls and then she confronts <laughs> them and they run away. They add so much. I love it. Before Danvers departs Earth with the Skrulls to find them a new home, she hands Fury a modified transmitter pager to call her in the event of an emergency. It's for emergencies only. Chitauri invasion? Nah, nah. Superbots destroying the world? Nope. His partner, Maria Hill, disappears. Quick, get on the pager. I can't, I can't, I can't speak for Fury. I don't know. <laughs> uh, while creating the Protector Initiative, Fury, upon learning that Danvers' call sign was Avenger during her time in the Air Force, renames it to the Avengers Initiative in her honor. I love the name origin. Perfect. I love it. Um, it, it felt organic. It didn't feel for it. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. This is his first introduction to something beyond what he's normally seen. He has seen what a real hero is. And he's yeah. going to name his next group of heroes after her. I was like, that's perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know how many other Avengers he really has this interesting relationship with. Well, that's because he doesn't he doesn't deal with another one for another 18 years. That's <laughs> also <laughs> because he turns into a grumpy old man. Between 1995 <laughs> and 2009, what the hell has he been doing with this initiative since he doesn't really know anyone 
other than Captain Marvel is supered up. I mean, Captain America isn't discovered for 18 years. He he puts in the, I don't know what he's doing. I feel like he had a job before this. Like, maybe this is his side project. But then in, in the Avengers movie, he blames Thor for opening the eyes of the world that aliens exist and they are overmatched. Did he forget about what happened 17 years ago? Yeah, but don't you think he's talking about the general public? Um, No, no, because... His whole thing, first of all, remember, he was all about secrets. He wanted to keep everything a secret anyway. He was going to do this initiative anyway. uh, And that's not known by the general public because in the Avengers, that's when the general public finally figures out about everybody. No, but don't you think he means that, like, because the aliens are so blatant in that, that he's saying, like, okay, so aliens landed on Earth with this, but... He he covers it all up. Like even the car accident, he covers the guy up with his coat and is like, "Ah, oh, get away from the car." But I don't know. I don't think he means. I think I don't know. I think this was an attention to detail that was overlooked, and <laughs> that's the nicest thing I can say about it. Because it, it's I want to I want to give I want to have faith that the writers had all the right intentions. But I think when you're like 22 movies in, 21 movies in, boy, is it hard to pay attention to every single detail when you're putting these things together. And unfortunately, because you're on a time constraint also, you're going to overlook a few things. Yeah. I don't know. I really need to, I need to go back and like think about this and rewatch and think Mm -hmm. about this point. Yeah. In a mid credit scene set in 2018 after Fury's death in the snap, several of the remaining Avengers analyze Fury's pager at the new Avengers facility before Danvers herself appears asking where he is. Now, this was just a teaser for Endgame. The scene doesn't appear anywhere in the movie Endgame. In fact, it isn't even how Carol is actually introduced to all of them. So this scene is actually false. <laughs> I, you know what I like, though, about it? I like that they have this big scientific kind of casing around a pager <laughs> well it's a pretty a souped pager. up pager <laughs> oh i know but i mean from from just looking at it you know yeah from an external glance you're like oh this is a pager from like the 90s <laughs> and then it's in this big casing like it's gonna blow up and, yeah i like that later goose vomits the tesseract on fury's desk so okay we know where the tesseract is now the tesseract never really leaves earth ever right it's just, and, but it's our stuff. <laughs> you can't take this. According to the top critics at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 63%. That's 33 fresh reviews and 19 rotten. The critics on average gave this film a 6.24 out of 10. Now, keep in mind, they grade movies based on all movies. They don't just go, well, this is the comic book genre. Where does it stand? They go, how is it compared to The Godfather? Okay, then it's a six, I guess. <laughs> the Critics consensus reads, packed with action, humor, and visual thrills, Captain Marvel introduces the MCU's latest hero with an origin story that makes effective use of the franchise's signature formula. This was not the signature formula. <laughs> the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 2.92. Whoa, sh- Out of five, with 48% agreeing it's a three or higher. Ooh, that's low. Well, the rest of the world can be wrong. That's okay. I love your attitude. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie's over. Were you entertained? Now, Steve says, wasn't bad. I've seen worse. I did laugh, but but I don't think I was supposed to in this one. Just kept thinking, why was this movie needed? (laughs) 
Sam, what did you think? I loved it. I think people absolutely needed it. We needed to know about Captain Marvel. I mean, she comes, she's, she's why we have the pager. She's going to save everybody. Loved it. Now, on the same note, I will admit that I may or may not be the target audience for this movie. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> think you are definitely the target audience for this movie. <laughs> you could not have found someone more. <laughs> just they were like, "Hey, we're gonna make a movie for girls who loved like court. Well, I don't love Courtney Love, but like garbage and whole and no doubt and you know and like dated guys who liberty specs. Like, <laughs> let me just yeah, okay, here I am. Love this movie. Oh, the 90s were Love great. Love it. <laughs> uh, I was entertained at times, yeah. I was more entertained, actually, this time, reading your comments during the scenes I was watching. Because I was like, I was picking out other things that I hadn't noticed before, and I was like, oh, that, that's that's hysterical. That that makes sense, what she's saying right there. Okay. So your, your director's commentary, if you will, uh, I, you know, I was able to enjoy it in a different way this time. Well, thank you. Yeah. I get paid for this. But <laughs> now it's time for Did the Awards Get It Right? At the Academy Awards, it got zero nominations. At the Golden Globes, the popularity contest, zero nominations. I don't care. No. <laughs> I think Marvel is... I mean, I'll just be frank. Like Marvel is itself, yeah, is its own entity. There, it doesn't matter. People will go see Marvel mover, movies regardless. They will fan boy and girl over certain things, and it like you could never give any of these movies awards, and people wouldn't care. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, we're still gonna go see them. That's why we go to the Saturn Awards. That's see, that's our bread and butter with these movies. The Saturn Awards, the Academy of Sci-Fi, Fantasy, and Horror Films. It got three nominations. Brie Larson was nominated for Best Actress, but she lost to Jamie Lee Curtis in the new Halloween movie. Do you think Brie should have won over Jamie? Okay, I haven't seen the new Halloween movie, but I will say this: if you're gonna go up against what's essentially a cult classic which i know it's the new one but still mm -hmm. you're not gonna beat jamie lee curtis in a horror movie so you think so, it's more like a, that was more of a legacy award yeah okay. yeah and i'm not even saying she acted well in it when i eventually watch it but <laughs> it, yeah Ooh, but i did see hereditary and that was hmm if tony collette had won do you think brie would have beaten tony should have beaten tony collette no okay that was well, it's so hard to really, like, specifically, oh, was Hereditary so good because she was good acting? I don't know. Tony, Tony Collette is she was crazy so as well in that movie. skinny. I, I think, you know what I think carries some of her acting is being so skinny. Like, but let me tell you why. Because it makes her face structure look upset. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, are we really going to start like, fat shaming people on the show? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, it's her face is, like, gaunt. Like, she's so skinny. She's, like, gauntly. And yeah. so she just always looks, like, I don't know, scared, upset, whatever, whatever, that it worked for the movie. But uh, I'm not I'm not crying that Brie Larson to win. I love it, and I can live with it. Okay. We have Best Comic to Film Motion Picture, Avengers Endgame 1. Do you think Captain Marvel should have beaten Avengers Endgame? I will admit I cannot even make a judgment. I've never read the comic. I, I wouldn't even pretend to have expertise on it. Well, I think what they're just saying, because if you look at those, I mean, it's like 
they're never based actually on the comics. They're just saying like, it's a comic book movie. That's what they're saying. Best comic book movie. That's what well, then saying. I think Spider-Man is the best, to me, into comic the, book movie. Into the Spider-Verse? <laughs> Did you see Into the Spider-Verse? I started it. It's fantastic. Um, I liked a lot of things about it. I started it with my um, my godkids who were young. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like we went to the pool or something. I don't know. And um, I liked it a lot. Okay. I also think that Tom Tom Holland, Tom Holland, right? Tom yeah. Holland who, as Peter Parker, is so comic booky. He's he's so down to earth. You gotta love him. <laughs> uh, so no, I'm not gonna cry that this didn't win either. Okay. How about best director? Jordan Peele won for best director uh, with Us. Do you think that Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck should have won over Jordan? No. I don't no, think Jordan so. Jordan Peele's Jordan Peele's amazing. Yeah. He. he I, I may not agree with his politics, but the man makes a movie like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 where we are. Right, this is his this is his peak. Like, this has been his time lately. Yeah. Get out, uh, like really. So it's fun. That being said, that. that being said, when we do Endgame, I'm gonna make a case that Anthony and Joe should have won. But we'll get to that in, in another movie. So, but you love Marvel. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. But but I, but I love movies more. Really? Oh God, yes. Okay, I can. Yeah, I could. No. I could see. I revere the franchise that Marvel's put together because it dema- it it demands respect for what it's been able to do. Um, hmm. Because I haven't seen a franchise go this long, and, right? And and keep interest. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's true. That is really true. Um, okay, now we're going to the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> A award show that started tanking the minute Twilight came out. But (laughs) best fight, Captain Marvel versus Minerva in Captain Marvel wins. Now, the other nominations were Captain America versus Thanos when he grabs the hammer in Avengers Endgame. You got Arya Stark versus the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. Ruth Bader Ginsburg versus Inequality (laughs) in RPG. And then you... (laughs) And Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair oh, in WrestleMania. Clearly, this is a weak year for fights. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Arya Stark, that's not a bad choice, too. Yeah. Um, RPG always should, always should have a win. I don't know. But um, <laughs> this, is a, this was a weak category. MTV pulled together. I don't even <laughs> remember when Captain Marvel and Minerva fought in the movie. <laughs> I was thinking, oh man, maybe I wasn't paying good enough to, like, uh It was during uh, the I'm Just a Girl scene, I think. It's MTV. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> seriously. But she also fought a ton of other people in that scene. Yeah, but when Captain so, America grabs the hammer, I mean, have you ever heard a crowd react like that before? <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, don't, like, fanboy over Captain America. No, no, but I look at the moment. Personally, he's not my favorite Avenger at all. Really? No, no. He's. I think he's. You know, he's. He's the paragon of righteousness, and he, you know, he's always on vision. He's not my favorite Avenger. You know, but I. Okay. I, I think that his role is necessary with that group. <laughs> Someone's got to point him in a direction. <laughs> it's like a lot of divas, and then maybe like one person is like, okay, reel it in. Okay, well here you go, diva, best hero. Tony Stark wins for Avengers Endgame over Carol Danvers. Give us your thoughts. <laughs> He's probably one of my least favorite Avengers. I don't, Tony, I don't care. Iron Man is your least favorite? I don't know if he's my actual least favorite. I'm going to need a list and to really think about this. 
But think about it. You know that I really liked Iron Man 3. Isn't yes. he pretty much miserable the majority of that movie? Well, that's because he's got PTSD. I know. And what can, what does it say about me as a person that I like love the movie? He's just suffering in the whole time. <laughs> Maybe it's because um, suffering shows range in his acting. Yeah, I guess. You know? I don't know. I, I, yeah. Ugh. Okay. So does Carol um, win over Tony for you? Absolutely there's the entire scene that explains why she's a hero. She gets back up again. You know what terrified me? No. When she's swinging from the ropes in the Air Force and she falls so far. I'd be like, mm, I'm going to go ahead and take a pass on this one. But she's, you know, who cares? She gets back up. Maybe I'll add that to my bottom three if I heck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I think Tony should have won his acting in the endgame, specifically. RDJ's acting in the endgame made the movie but the category's best hero and he was the best hero he saved the universe okay um <laughs> all right that's one for well, that's one for him how many movies has he been in okay all right on to our next segment titled top three bottom three this is where we talk about the three things we want to highlight in this movie and then we go over the three things that are bad unforgivable or downright travesties we're gonna start with the top three and i'm gonna read steve's because he's not here his number three was the makeup was awesome in this movie very well done his number two was the special effects on captain marvel Whatever. Anytime she was in space and supered up was sweet. And then his number one, the fight scenes when she demolishes the Kree militia. Uh, my number three, my number three, I think it's a great intro to a powerful character that will definitely be needed for Endgame. My number two, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson's chemistry is amazing. And I can totally see where some of Fury Swagger comes from in his later years. And my number one, I said it before, Maria Rambo's speech to Carol about losing her, that's, that's, the, that's the emotional heart of this movie. And so I got I to gotta give it that my number one. But Sam, what are your top three moments in this movie? It, Steve, I am going to absolutely agree with your number three, that the makeup was amazing. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that was just... When I looked at Colson, and I know you're like, oh, you just had to put hair on him, but I don't know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it, it blew my mind. Well, and they then, got some um, wrinkles out too, yeah. Soundtrack, costuming. <laughs> this this is just who – I loved it. It, it. it was so spot on. And when we talk about, oh, game, um, what is it, Guardians of the Galaxy overplays the nostalgia – Okay, but this was perfect in here. The guy, it was the internet cafe. I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to be Gwen Stefani with the white undershirt and the huge jeans and the pink hair and the nose piercing. And yes, this movie got that right. And then I also, number one for me was the female writers mm -hmm. on this got it absolutely right. The, I cannot, the amount of realistic dialogue in here, I, oh, I would love to just sit down and write down every example of dialogue. That's something I have seen in real life, have experienced in real life, somebody else's. So, you know, Fury, even Fury says to her, that was some nifty flying. Are you kidding me? You would have ever said to no, I don't know. Iron any that, that of the had, other No, 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 no. Was, That's reaching a little bit. <laughs> you don't think, oh, that was, he calls her, and she's like, as long as you don't call my flying nifty again. And then 
the scroll calls her young lady. Like she, and she she snaps back and is like, "Yeah, don't call me young lady." I mean, those are some. I don't know. I don't like the. Of course, I don't like those parts. But then the the advance the um the motorcyclist. She comes up and he's like he you know makes the pass it or whatever and she just pretty much ignores him and then he calls her a freak, like yeah, exact day to day, probably happened to so many women so many times. I just I think the writing got it right in that aspect of things. I'm definitely not going to say all of it was. You know, we talked about so much like movie logic in here. Mm-hmm. I, you know <laughs> like what? I, I will agree with you on this. Every instance in this movie where a female is put in a position that many have been in where they are talked down to and you hear certain quotes here and there, they are all done very truthfully. Yeah. Very truthfully. The question I have is, do we need them all? Oh, I think we could cut a lot of things from this movie. Yeah. But I, I would but agree I with you that I think are, the writing is right. The, the female writer got right. That is exactly what you, that's exactly what you ladies go through. That's the subtle examples of all of the sexism within here. Whereas, okay, we blatantly have I'm just a girl, which I'm still going to stand by as the good choice. I know it's it's such an extreme. It's like okay, we have all these subtleties that I understand, I relate to, and then we have this like in your face. Oh, by the way, Captain Marvel's a woman. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah. Top three. I, I, I love this movie. I absolutely I love it. All right. Time for the bottom three. Time to <sighs> vent. All right. So Steve's <laughs> three, <clears throat> the play on Marvel and Marvel. That's like how Han became Han Solo. <laughs> then his number two was the test of whether you're a scroll or not. It's just so much nonsense. And his number one, that's how Fury gets his eye patch. That goes right up there with why we needed to know how Han got his blaster. They could have made this better or just left it alone. Nobody cares. And if they did, why do you care? Steve, I cared. I'm the motherfucker that cared. That's why. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. My, 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 now's my turn. My number three. Can anybody explain why learning to fight without your powers is a bad thing? Doesn't that make you more well-rounded fighter? My number two, can anybody tell me why the Kree were trying to eradicate the Skrulls? And my number one is the agenda in this movie is forced at times. And it's, sometimes it's forced so hard I got to turn it off. But you know what? On my fourth watching now, and with your notes, I was able to make it through the entire movie without turning it off. Aww. Look at that. See, See you made a positive impact on me. Oh, thank you. All right. Now Sam, what are, your, what are your low lights in this one? This one's it wasn't long one. enough. <laughs> we didn't hear the entire Tragic Kingdom. We need a Tragic Kingdom. <laughs> no. Okay. And you know what? I'm I'm sure that there are people who like her. I is this how Annette Benning always acts? No. Like, is this her acting? I just don't get it. I found it so annoying. The the Nirvana scene was so bad. Did and you, I was gonna ask, did you find it annoying because she was very stoic and very stilted? Now she was just so. Because uh, I have to, I had to remind. Because I think Steve at one point mentioned that when we were talking before, and I was like, "Well, she is an artificial intelligence. She's not actually Wendy Lawson." I don't like her speech pattern. Ah, okay. So it's just. I think it's like okay. Let's go back to the whole fact. If they were going to have the conversation, she's supposed. Okay, I know that she's actually Cree and whatever, but mm-hmm. like she's supposed to be 
pretty much like a, a militant scientist, a military scientist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I didn't buy it. Ugh, I, just, okay. I didn't buy it. She annoyed me. Her no. and Jude Law right up there together. All right. Um, You're number two. <laughs> and then I just need to rewatch to see if all the other Marvel movies have so many logic problems. Oh, they do. They, okay. Yeah. There's they're, they're, the ones that are rushed in usually have the most. Yeah. You know, that, and that's, but the one like early on, they took their time with a lot of it. Uh, when they got to the middle phase of things, uh, the, they weren't. They, they were very careful because they couldn't afford a misstep if they're going to do the entire thing. But when yeah. they started inching towards Infinity War, it was like, listen, we're going to plan out the next six movies, and now you've got a timetable you can't get away from. Yeah, and you also you're probably at a point where you got people so hooked and excited about this, mm-hmm. even if they don't like it, they've still gone and spent their money to see it. Yeah. No, they would. Yeah. And and coming down to my absolute pet peeve of life, of of te- of television, of movies. Uh, I mean, when Supergirl came out, I was I was flipping out. I'm like, why does she have her hair down? This is so stupid. I loved the like, first season of that show, and after that, I was like, nope, I'm done. I, yeah. No, I I literally did not watch it because. I I saw the posters. I said no. Mm-hmm. I refuse to believe that a woman's gonna be super with her hair down. I refuse, <laughs> I don't brush my teeth with my hair down. Like I'm not I'm not fighting crime. There was um oh I wish now that I think about it I should have looked in the movie for the part when she like blows her hair out of her face. But maybe it wasn't even in there. I don't know. No, it's when um, she's fighting Yon Rock at the beginning. Oh okay okay yeah. yeah. See you're training and it's in your way. I mean I just don't understand. And maybe I'm a little more um, extreme about this. Mm. I'm, I'm going to write Marvel, obviously. But, <laughs> like, you know how Alicia Keys is like, oh, I don't want to wear makeup anymore. Too bad. I'm going on TV. Whatever. Right. Like, if you really – so now, the next time you watch a Marvel movie, look at any of the female superheroes' eyes because the mascara is clear to me, at least. And you don't fight an entire battle – with one, for whatever reason, you're wearing mascara, like flaking on your eye. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know, like getting messed up looking. You just don't do anything strenuous without coming out looking like a hot mess. And nobody ever does. No one ever does. <laughs> when Pepper took off her like shield of her face or whatever, yeah. as he dies, yeah. and her bangs are so cute and her hair cuts down, I thought really i want my hair down in this probably hot thing and i've gone through all this fighting and i just still look fine really i don't know i'd sorry marvel big problem you've lost me on all this what do you want (laughs) (laughs) oh i'll be out of your hair as soon as i track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet ready for me <laughs> okay we use an a to f scale here for a creeks rating on the movie planet a c is considered average a or 12 is the highest f or one is the lowest if the movie is so bad it receives f's from all the hosts it goes to a new category of movie the movie planet global killer a category of movie where you can watch it ironically and have an amazing time at how bad it is just like solo a star wars story so the question is where do you give Mar- captain marvel in the comic book feature film genre and let me read steve's first i was excited to see this movie when it came out 
So many people were saying that this movie needs to be done because she is the only one who can take down Thanos. After seeing this movie, I can see it. She is the product of an Infinity Stone. As you said before, she's only the second in the MCU. The first, really, she came before Vision. Villain analysis. Compared to the last one, this one is a tiny bit easier. The Kree. They kidnap someone who embodies the power of this Nubian hyperdrive and turn it into a weapon of their own and brainwash the shit out of it. Well done. They are also trying to eradicate a race because... I'm sure they have their reasons. They just don't want us to know. They also seemed very low-key on how they do things. They did get an upgrade towards the top when they showed Ronan and then sunk back down when he punked out with his tail between his legs. If they were more of a danger in the earlier films, I'm sure they could have used this to show their rise to power. But yeah, that didn't happen. Thanos, you rule the top of the leaderboard, my friend. The agenda that was so elegantly advertised, the her in hero... I didn't really get that vibe until the end, so it didn't really bother me that much. I really felt like this was a fanboy movie that needed to be made, and I really don't see the relevance yet to the MCU. Now, going off the fact that if you haven't seen Endgame, you're probably thinking that she is bringing down Thanos and grabbing him by his own stones, and you should think this way. I mean, why else is this movie made? As I scroll, scroll back to see my comments... I don't think I had one good thing to say about this movie. If I did, it was maybe maybe one thing. To me, it doesn't need to be in the MCU. I can skip this one easy, but the story was not bad. Special effects were sweet. Krennic is awesome. Jude Law is always a tool. What not to like? <laughs> in, the, in the end, it's a C minus. I'd watch Guardians over this any day. Guardians should have been done like this movie was. Hmm. So there you go. Now, Sam, do you want to go next, or do you want me to go next? Do you want the last word? I can give you the last word. I don't mind that at all. Oh, sure. I'll take the last word on this one. All right, yeah, awesome. let's leave people liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> My turn. Let me get this out of the way. <laughs> I come from a perspective that we should have more women-led superhero movies. But I think there's a way to do it that doesn't get you trolled. Directors, Marvel, Disney, Hollywood, we know you have a representation issue. <laughs> However, I think we can also agree that you have a creativity issue first and foremost. There are two ways to normalize anything in society from a film perspective. Either one, cast and recast women in roles that used to be primarily represented by men to show that a woman can do it just as good as a man. Two, insert it organically with fleshed out characters that are more than just their gender. Now the screenwriters in this movie, and there were five total, tried to change the way the origin movie in the MCU was done, which is normally linear, by starting the movie off with a character who has no memory of who she was. And because there's no memory, there's no real personality. Our experiences make our personality. If she doesn't remember them, then explains why she's so blah. If this movie was done after Age of Ultron, and it should be noted, the original script of Ultron had her coming in at the end of the movie as one of the new Avengers, but she was replaced with Scarlet Witch. If this movie was done after Age of Ultron with a second movie before Endgame, then you could afford to have this movie in there. However, this movie had a limited time to get out, so maybe being experimental wasn't the best idea. After all, there's a better movie in this movie. The problem is it's missing a few scenes. 
I'm reminded of a fantastic YouTube video I watched recently that explained why Captain America, the first Avenger, worked <laughs> and Captain Marvel did not. A secondary reason for this was the nonlinear way that Captain Marvel is laid out. The primary reason is how it relayed information about a character to the general audiences. Captain America shows you their character's personality and action. Captain Marvel tells you about the character's personality. The writers had to do this in order to fit it into their nonlinear way of telling the story. Unfortunately, when you strip away the three dimension of the character, you're left with surface level issues. She's nothing more than her gender in most of this movie because she has her powers all along and there's no struggle to attain or grow into them. Sadly, that's how she's written. If this movie started with her time as an Air Force test pilot and you saw her relationship with Wendy Lawson, the mentorship, and her best friend, Maria Rambeau, and her auntie-like mentorship with little Monica, and then you have the accident, and when she wakes up six years later and she has no memory of any of it, and the person who caused the accident is now her partner or boss, it now propels you to sit on the edge of your seat to see when, when is she finally going to wake up and see the oppression the Kree have on her? See, that oppression in this movie is earned as opposed to just told. There were times I felt that the movie forgot where it was going. We've had plenty of female heroines in the MCU that are more fleshed out than this one. They don't work on a one-dimensional premise of, I'm a woman and nobody thinks I can do the job because of it. It's why Black Widow works. It's why Scarlet Witch works, Shuri, Okoye, Wasp, Nebula, Mantis, Sif, Gamora, Valkyrie, Maria Hill, Nakia, Hela, and the Ancient One. But when gender is treated like the only obstacle for a character, you get a two-dimensional character like Agent Carter, whose miniseries on TV was canceled after two seasons, and Captain Marvel, which was in theaters 13 weeks longer and in 300 more theaters than Black Panther and still didn't beat it at the box office. After a while, people see the agenda and they get turned off, especially when the only way she overcomes her obstacle is by being extraordinary which kind of sends a message to women that unless you're a superhero, you're stuck in this situation. So what was the point of this movie exactly? Well, let's look at what we get and its contributions to the Infinity Saga. We get an intro to Captain Marvel and her powers, which them photons, though, which should give Thanos a run for his money in the next film. You get Agent Coulson and Nicholas Fury, who get more of a backstory on who they were before they become who they become. You get the Kree, who were already established in Guardians of the Galaxy, and you get the Skrulls, who really don't play any part until Far From Home. You get the origin of the pager that Nick Fury uses to contact her when Maria Hill and himself start to disappear. That's it. Brie Larson is a great Captain Marvel. I love her as Captain Marvel. I love her Air Force swagger and her quick wit. The problem with the movie isn't Larson. It's how she's written. She doesn't have much of a personality beyond the swagger. Heck, she really didn't have an arc. She starts off half-powered. She ends up fully powered. But even half-powered, she's still more powerful than everyone. Her only weakness is not knowing her past. And when she finds it out, sure, it may have given her more perspective on the kree Skrull war, but it gives you an empty feeling. I mean, we've only been introduced to this for an hour. Not much of an investment for your audience. The villain is Jan Rog, with supporting villains, supreme intelligence, and Ronan the Accuser. But let's be honest, the real villains are the screenwriters, who I think took their eye off the ball to get experimental, and when they found they had painted their character into a development issue, they tried to pull off an illusion in order to try to make a point. If this franchise was a class in school, and Endgame is the dismissal bell, Captain Marvel is the annoying kid who raises their hand with one minute left asking if there's any homework. Thanks. Now we all have required reading to do this weekend. 
This movie is not an F because it ties into the franchise. This movie is not a D minus because the story makes sense and has a clear beginning, middle, and end. This movie is not a D because it's well cast, but I'm going to go D plus. The script is sloppy. The movie doesn't know who the villain is. Carol Danvers' only change from the beginning to the end is that she knows who she is and no longer has the inhibitor, which was really not a problem anyway. And she's the answer to every question in the movie, but because she was trained by the Kree and we never see it, we never see the growth to get to that point. And the movie is constantly pointing out that this character is for a specific gender. And in doing so, sometimes it feels forced and clunky. But that does not mean I was not entertained, and I will get to that later. (laughs) So, Sam, I've done my diatribe. It is your turn. You were the audience for this movie. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I... It comes down to I was absolutely the target audience for this movie. So I'm the ultimate fangirl for for this. The music, the costuming, the, the pop culture nostalgia, how brave she is, how calmly in your face she is, no matter who it is. I remember the scene where he takes her to the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and I'm literally thinking, what would I do during, like, what would I do if I was with Fury and he takes me and she legit starts asking questions. Like she works there. She's mm-hmm. like, do you know, do you know, um, you know, this woman, blah, blah, blah. And going on. And I just thought, damn, this girl, <laughs> like, you know, she's screaming and scroll faces. She's just, yeah. she's, uh, she's unstoppable. Like who I, I love her. Um, I do. Steve, listen, (laughs) I do think this is absolutely essential to the Marvel Universe because if she's the one Fury's supposed to call and we don't know anything about her, why, why are we invest, like, why would we be invested in, okay, all of the arrests, all the rest of the Avengers have clearly failed if we've gotten to the point that we call her. Mm. Well, then why are we invested in her at all if we don't know anything about her? Mm -hmm. And I think I see, I want to read why people didn't like this movie because I had no, I I don't search out other people's reviews typically, but I had no idea until reading your research, how much people didn't like this movie. I need to know why from other people too, and just see if they echo a lot of the same sentiment because I loved it. And I, uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't want to say I'm on the whole fence about the gender thing, but I it's okay with saying that you see it, but it doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother me because if we were to say, oh, positive stereotypes may not necessarily bother people. Okay. You know, and also when you're the person that's being um, emulated, whatever, that's, that, that's what you want to see. But also, um, I can't really, it's like those people who say like, why aren't there straight prides? Uh, cause that's been like all, that's been all life. Like that's, that's, that's been all life. (laughs) So do you, do you not, I'm, I'm sorry that we're going to have to squish it down. Um, you know, male, male characters for a moment. You just, and not only that, but she really does. It's not, it's not like the Spice Girls movie and it's just five girls, you know, kicking, kicking butt with great music and blah, blah, blah. Like it's just, I don't know. I, I loved it. I was the target audience. You really can't. And come on, Avengers. Tri- <laughs> tribute to her. They, don't, they probably don't even know that, but I don't know. Loved it. 
can't convince me otherwise. You know what? That's untrue. You did convince me otherwise after I, what we were talking about, the nitpickiness. Oh, After I began to really become nitpicky to do a more thorough review, Mm. the amount of movie logic that Mm -hmm. I had to ignore, (laughs) (laughs) I felt, I was like, oh, hold on. They, first watching, even second watching, they absolutely, um, it wasn't brainwashing. They just bombarded me with the soundtrack, with the costuming, with the fact she's just this badass Air Force chick who finally is going to get to, you know, like couldn't even fly the, the like real missions at that point. Oh, right, right, right. Like they bombarded me with that the first couple times until I watched it a couple more times to, to really do a more thorough review. And then I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense either. Wait a second. This uh, and you know all the things I was that that we just reviewed and talked about. That's like, oh, this isn't a great movie. <laughs> I think what happens is I love the character. I mm-hmm. love the character the movie is about, which makes it difficult for me to say, oh, this is a bad movie. But I am. I have enough humility to also admit this isn't a great movie. In making sense, <laughs> make a lot of sense. There, you know, the big plot points to me are fine, whatever. Yeah. But there's so much little that you're like, wait, what? You know, if you're someone who kind of like eats your popcorn and half-heartedly watches whatever, mm-hmm. okay, you know, you watch things on your phone and you're just kind of phasing in and out. <laughs> this is probably a great movie for you, whatever. If you actually care about what's going on in the movie and the plot and all these certain things, so I love the character movie itself could have been better. There's just, you know, we talked about timetables and how they had to get it out. And maybe, maybe I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that it came down to that. Okay. However, I'm about to bring up the average Uh-oh. with a B for best Marvel character. <laughs> <laughs> best character of life, best character period. All right. Well, that averages our scores uh, to a C average. It is... It is the bar by which we measure everything now. Is it better than Captain Marvel or worse than Captain Marvel? You've created the line. Thank you. This is this is what we should base everything off of. Yeah, and and just <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know where it stands now, uh, Captain Marvel is now officially above Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Ant Man and the Wasp. And that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. But, I, but here's the I, thing. Cr- critiquing a movie and whether you like it or not are two very different things. Yeah. That's so, very true. You've really opened my eyes to this. We're going to take Absolutely. our critics hats off. Do you love this movie? Like this movie? Or none of the above? Now, Steve says it wasn't fresh. It was whack. <laughs> And initially, when I did this two, three weeks ago with Steve, I said, none of the above, boring. But I found that now doing the show with you, I was laughing a lot more than I thought I was going to at things that I wasn't necessarily not supposed to laugh at. So I like this movie. I like it. It's in the like category now for me. 
So you should see the smug look on my face right now. <laughs> oh, don't even. Okay, I change <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so Sam, how about you? <laughs> Can we oh, all guess? <laughs> I love it. There's no, there's no questioning. I love it. But I'm, I'm not going to say it's not flawed. No, no, no. It's, it, but you've heard our show. We'll rip apart all sorts of things. And you can still love it. Exactly. That's all we got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll continue our look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Avengers Endgame. You can email the, email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and give us a four or five-star review. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow the Instagram. Whenever these damn movie theaters are open up, maybe we'll do one-minute reviews again. I don't know. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. That being said, Disney, if you want to hire us, we would be more than happy to chill for you. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Sam, do you have any last words? Uh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure, and I really hope Aww. that you join again because this is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. <laughs>